How's that? That's good to me. Okay. Is it okay. good to you? Um, yeah, it sounds pretty good to me. Um, but yeah, my right ear is super bad. Um, I used to run printing presses for for uh, old Perry Judds, our, our Donnelly. Um, then it uh, became LSC Communications. Um, yeah, I ran printing presses for many years with them, and it's like so loud. And of course, when you're running printing presses around a bunch of dudes and you're all in a hurry to get shit done, you sometimes you don't wear the proper PPE. Right. right. And uh, my ears have paid the price, mostly my right ear, because I stood next to this folder. Folder. Okay, so you know how printing press works? Like the I big do. Ones? I used to work at a printing press as well. What? Yeah, man. Where, where did you work at a printing press? In Mazo Mania at Synergy Web Graphics. You worked at Synergy and Mazo? I dropped oh. out of college, and mm. I needed a job, and my mom's oh. old neighbor was like the receptionist there. So it got me by a summer. Well, it got me by half a, a semester into summer, and I realized really quick, I can't do this. Well, I've heard stories about that place, man. Like, Well, they closed down shortly after I left, so it's not a surprise. Yeah, man, it was like, well, they closed and opened a few times. Yep. Because somebody thought they could buy it and make some money. But the stories I heard about that place, that was like the last resort. Like if you couldn't get hired at any printing place anywhere, Synergy would take you. Oof. Like like if you had ankle monitors <laughs> yeah. and, and you were packing heat and, and everything. It's like, they, okay, so one of the stories was they didn't even have sinks to wash your hands in. Like you had to wash your hand in a bucket. Is that true? No, that's not true. No? No. So they had a sink on the press? You could oh, wash on the press? No. Yeah. No sinks on the press. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking but about. you could go wash your hands in a break room or a bathroom. <laughs> but you could wash your hands in, a, in like clean water on the press? No. See, but that's crazy because you're working with all the chemicals and shit all the time. Didn't you have like like blanket wash and plate cleaner and all that stuff that you're working with on the press? Yeah. And no sink to wash it off. No, I didn't wear gloves either. Right, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Nobody ever wore gloves. It's like, why would you do that? It's not like we're going to get cancer when we're 50 or something. Yeah. Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't a great time. And nothing against uh, press workers, right? And I'm sure if you moved up into a more important role than I'm in my four months there as a jogger, just fucking putting <laughs> paper in a box. Jogger and, and washing blankets. It would probably be different, but it was just... For four months, I literally felt like every day I went in there, I was getting dumber and dumber and dumber. <laughs> well. 12-hour shifts, take this pile of paper off the press, put it in a box, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's the nature of that job. For yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's no just me personally. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I did it for four months. I made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's how I bought my first motorcycle. But, shit, no. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's... um. If you have like a, a a really active mind, you just it's a tough job to to start at. I mean, unless you have higher aspirations, if you want to move up, if you want to get to be a PO two, a PO one, or a, a lead op supervisor, all that, then that's like where you just you know you got to start somewhere. You got to start in the shit in the bottom in the in the grudge, but then you work your way up and uh, yeah. But so. Did you ever work like overtime in the bindery or anything like that? 
I worked overtime, but it was just on different presses. Oh, okay, just jogging. jogging. Yeah, like they were they were slammed, and it would always be like a big project to fire up this one press. It's the best press. We got to make it a big deal to fire it up, and so it takes like hours. Yep, and then it's yeah. all hands on deck. You're working the weekend this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it so? It was mandatory overtime. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we. We, oh, this is so long ago. It's, it was probably around 2011, I think I quit uh, printing. But um, there was there was a mandatory overtime was every other Sunday. And every once in a while, they'd make you come in on a day if they were out short of guys. But that kind of wasn't the case most times. But fuck, man. Like, it was uh, It was fun. Like, there were times when it was super fun. You're a bunch of dudes. Like, we'd have a mandatory overtime on a Sunday. And on a Sunday, the whole plant shut down other than maybe one or two presses. And I remember we had some leads that were just, they're cool as shit. Uh, shout out to Tim. Not going to say your last name, but you know who you are. Um, we'd shut the press down, have a big, you know, sit back on the back docks and eat lunch. And we'd turn the game on the radio. And it was awesome. But, uh but see, I wanted to, I wanted to run the show. Yeah, yeah, man. I wanted to like, that was my big dream, and it, I don't, I don't say it was like a dream of mine from like a kid. I wanted to be a printing press plant manager or some shit. No, but well, you're in it. That's what you're aspiring to. Right. Well, I wanted to support my family, and I didn't want to do something that sucked all the time. So the only way I figured I could do that is just kind of work my way up until I got to a point where I was making really good money. And then I could have my 401k and, and all of my insurance and all of that good stuff that goes with having one of those jobs. And Yeah, man, it was dirty, dirty work. It was hard on my body, but at the time, it seemed like it was worth it. But Synergy was like the shithole <laughs> of all the plants. Like there's so, there, so there's a lot of printing press printing plants in the, in the Midwest, big time. Yeah. There's so, well, there's so many mills, there were anyway, on Lake Michigan. It's a lot of paper mills on Lake Michigan. A lot of they bring in the, the the trees and all that stuff, and they make the pulp and the paper there. And um, so then, when uh, uh, when I went started working at Donnelly, guys would come in from Synergy, and they'd be like stars in their eyes, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Dude, you guys got a sink on the press?" It's like, "Yeah, we got a," and it's even plumbed. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like we had a five gallon bucket to wash our hands and it's like nah and it's like yeah some guys would even take a piss in it and i'm like no they wouldn't no seriously they would it's like i don't know it was it's one of those places you never wanted to work if you didn't have to and you started there well i didn't it, know it, i didn't know the i didn't know anything about it so well, you're probably lucky though i mean because printing industry is dying i mean oh, it's, yeah. it's it's bad oh. anyway so you're probably lucky to start there because you got a taste of it and you're like this is not what i want my life yeah to be. and this was again this was years ago so i must have been 19 right i tried to do the college thing for the first time i was down at matc in madison i was still living at home and it just wasn't it wasn't where i was at the time it was not the thing to do so i dropped out mid-semester and i had to get a job right but i was still living at home but so you went to MATC. What'd you go to MATC for? I was just trying to get my gen eds. Oh, okay. And uh, it was just a horrible experience for me. Why? Because I'm an introvert. And I mean, I was living with my parents who live in Mazo and, uh, or just outside. But, and so it was like, okay, drive to campus, do a class, sit around for two hours, wait for my next class. This classes mm. suck anyways. Um, I was still coming off 
a little bit of what we talked about last week and the whole teen year shit. Mm -hmm. And it just, I don't know, it wasn't the right time. And I didn't know what, I, and I had no direction on what I wanted to do anyways. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm done. So mm -hmm. it was mid semester, just eh, never showed up again. <laughs> so was, were you footing the bill for that? Did you get loans out? How did you? I had a that? loan for it, of course. Oh shit. But so then, so, okay, you're not going to college anymore. Okay. Get a job, get a real job. All right, fine. So I had to get a haircut because I had get a my haircut, long, I had my long job. flow <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I just happened to know, like I said, the receptionist there. She goes, oh, yeah, you can work here. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but, dude, living at home, no bills. Oh, young young guy. I had yeah. a, a girlfriend at the time, but it's like, whatever, I'm working full time. You can give me as many hours as you want. And yeah. I think, shit, in four months, I, I, made, I made bank. Because yeah. I had no bills, and my parents were mm -hmm. super awesome, and they weren't making me pay rent or anything. But it's like, okay, I just paid for the semester I just dropped out of. I saved a shit ton of money because I don't know what mm -hmm. I want to do. I just bought a crotch rocket because, mm -hmm. hey, that's what 19-year-olds do. do. Yep. All right, life isn't half bad. And then you do it for a few more months. And you're like, my brain is melting. Well, and then that was done. So was, so then I applied to UW-Baraboo. I told my boss, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm out. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm going back to school. <laughs> So did you, was your boss like the lead on the press or was it the supervisor? No, I was like the supervisor of the shift. Okay. He was Shifts. a fucking asshole. They all are. Not all of them, but they all are. The only reason I say no is because there's some of them that are my friends. But at some point when you're a supervisor, you kind of have to be an asshole because yeah. you got to do the hard shit, tell people to do shit you wouldn't want to do and all that. Um, and he didn't like me quitting, well, which I understand. But he's like, yeah. all right, have a nice life. I'm like, what the fuck response is that? Did you give him two weeks? Huh? Not after that. Were you? Did you give him two weeks before yeah, that? Yeah, I was oh, like, hey, did. I'm going to go back to school. And he goes, what? I was just going to move you up to the guy who puts the rolls on the thing. <laughs> You're going like, to be a roll tender. I'm like, dude, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, have a nice life. I'm like, all right, fine, see ya. And I walked. Wow. You hurt his feelings, man. I think maybe he liked you. He was your friend. Maybe. I think that's what it was. Just let me drive that cool fucking Zamboni floor machine, and I would have been happy. What? No, you'd have. You'd they have. had one of those. They didn't have sinks, but they had a Zamboni, a floor Zamboni. Yeah, well, <laughs> you didn't. You don't. You you didn't want. That's reserved for like the guy who's right before he's going to retire, and he's still working like an extra beep, beep. six years. Yeah, you don't want that job because he can't walk anymore. Mm. That's the thing. You know how many guys got out of there when they're like forty and fifty, barely walk. So bad, man. Concrete floors all day long, up and down stairs, crawling around on diamond decking on your knees. No, yeah. thanks, man. No, it worked out. I mean, it didn't work out working there, but it was probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty happy with the direction my life went after that, so. Mm-hmm. No complaints. You're doing all right. Yeah. You're doing all right. Speaking of old guys, so you don't you don't watch a lot of football, do you? Not this year. No. Do you watch football in general? Yes. Okay, so Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Hot take. What do you think? I mean, the guy's going to fucking win it. Yeah, so you're you're a fan. Uh, no. That's a sigh, by the way. <laughs> In a general sense, no. Okay, why? I don't know. Just, I always thought he was overhyped, and maybe it was more of a hatred for the Patriots versus Tom Brady himself. Mm-hmm. But there's no denying it. I mean, the guy's fucking good. See, man, that's where I'm at, too. I just... Oh, and damn. this year, especially, like, okay, you took us out. 
fuck you. I'm a Packer fan, right? So, F you, mm-hmm. Tom Brady and the, the Bucks. He took us out. But now he took us out, you might as well go fucking win it and be the real story. Wait, though. Did, did they take us out or did we lose it? Oh, yeah. We totally fucked it. We fucking lost it. But we, uh, fucked it and lo- we fucking lost it to them, so they might as well finish the story out. Oh, yeah. And make the headline and yeah, okay. whatever. That's fine. You know, I, I guess on, on that way, I can I can see where you're coming from. But it's like, I don't think they, I think we lost that game. They didn't win that game. Yeah, like know. we, Kevin King, that guy should be looking for a new job. No offense to you, Kevin. I'm sure you're a tremendous athlete, but whoa. I'm sure he's listening to this too right he now. He really is. He shit the bed on that game though. <laughs> Big time. That was so bad. Um, but I've always hated Tom Brady. Yeah. Always. It's just a, it's just, he's just so easy to dislike. Cause I mean, okay. He's, he's the oldest quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. He's a, in still an elite athlete. He's handsome as fuck. He's, he's, he's well-spoken. <laughs> he's probably the whole fucking package. He and is, that's what everyone he hates is, about him. man. And, and he, and he just can't not win. Like, Barely out of ten Super Bowls. I mean, seriously, the guy's got six and four MVPs, and like so when he lost last year when they when they lost in the playoffs, I was so happy. I couldn't believe how happy I was. But it's like partly Patriots, partly Belichick because I think he's kind of a dick, and I just there's something about him I don't like his face. But Tom Brady is like I I got a buddy of mine who's been a Patriots and Brady fan since day one. Of course, he grew up out there. Um, and he's like he's the goat. He's the goat. I'm like fuck you. He's the goat. He's not the goat. He's like no way. And now I'm like mm, maybe he's the goat. Maybe if he wins, he's for sure the goat. I there's no other, there's no denying it. I, yeah. I mean, so I wanted to this morning. I was thinking about it. I was reading some highlights and stuff on on him and his. I mean, so he's like he's got these books out and he's got this whole what's well, it um. TB12. That's the name of his his uh, fitness regimen, and you can buy a book for one hundred fifty dollars. You can buy a nutrition plan for two hundred dollars, and he's making bank yep. on top of the fact that he's got all this other shit going on. And it's just like it's like he's not even trying, but you know he is. Like you know he's trying. He has to, but he makes it look so easy. That's the other thing that kind of sucks about him. He makes it look too easy. It's like it's not supposed to be that easy. <laughs> he's supposed to have like more wrinkles and a limp, and. <laughs> And, and then he's got to get, like, some really bad headline or something. But either way, I'll be watching the game. I think Tom Brady's going to win. I think so, too. Yeah. I think if And they, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes, he's, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of yep. time. He's got a lot of time. Yep. Now, Finish Travis, the saga. Finish Travis the story. Travis Kelsey, how old's he? He's still pretty young, too, isn't he? Do you know who that is? Yeah, I know. Tight end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how old he is. I don't know how old he is. So I hope... Every, are you superstitious? Not really. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna say something. Oh, oh. And if anyone listens to this and they're superstitious, I'm gonna get death threats. I had, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Really? If they're if they're hardcore superstitious and you're a hardcore Packer fan, if we if we get our first death threat on episode three, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna love this. So, I love I love the Packers, and I love sports in general. There was something about this year. I watched zero sports until I watched that Packer game. Bullshit. Seriously. I watched the zero Packer game. That's the first game I watched all season. Oh, you fucking did. Oh, I'm going to kill you. I told you. Superstition, (laughs) man. 
like I, I had no idea like i just kept hearing like oh uh, yeah the packers are doing great i'm like okay whatever like it just was not there's something about this year it was not a priority of mine and i got a lot of shit going on in my life right yeah yeah you're a busy but, guy but uh yeah it was just the first was, game all that was season the first game all season i don't know how i feel about that yeah mm-hmm. and i i thought to myself too before i watched them like they're gonna lose because i'm watching this stupid game that's worse. You can't. You thought it. I thought it, and it happened, and I. Ugh. So do you? Did you like? Uh, do you? Did you? Are you superstitious? Did you? Have I like am. A, you do. Do you have like a routine or some shit? Uh, less now, but like in hockey, for instance, it was always left then right. So my little like getting dressed thing with all my hockey gear, mm-hmm. like it was okay. Left shin pad, right shin pad. Left sock, right sock. Uh. Left skate, right. It was always left right. Everything left elbow pad, right elbow pad, and and like if you did it on accident the other way around, I took it all off and I restarted. Holy shit! Yeah, deep. So not that it matters because we sucked in hockey and I sucked, but that's all right. I believe you probably didn't suck. You're you're. <laughs> I, I just have a feeling that I was you didn't. good enough to coach youth hockey afterwards. Let's see. There that. you go. See, you're <laughs> Coach Kyle. So yeah, usually the coaches suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So I got a, um, I guess I do something similar to that, but on a, on a much higher level when I'm playing my rec league pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I don't even, I don't know I do it though. So that's, I guess the difference is it's not a mental thing that I, I'm, I walk myself through, but I'll notice when I'm playing before every serve. I pull up one leg of my shorts a little bit. My other leg, I pull my shoulder sleeve over, my other shoulder sleeve over, and then I regrip my paddle. Oh, you know, and you're it, just getting comfy though. Yeah, I, well, I am. You got I'm, I'm getting ready for what's next, and I suck. So, I don't know. Maybe superstition is like it's something that weighs you down. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Either way, it sucks that you made the Packers lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, but just to so so I didn't watch any any sports all year mm-hmm. so my wife and i ordered takeout from a local place um and i walked in to pick it up and uh the badgers were on and they were shit stopping this team I'm like oh hell yeah and i walked out i saw my dad like the next day i'm like oh yeah it looked like the badgers were doing awesome he goes yeah they're they're playing great and they looked really good i'm like yeah they're like what six and one and he looked at me and goes what that was their first game of the year i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> So they're not six and one yet. No, not yet. <laughs> and then every weekend, if I saw my dad, he goes, "Hey, when are the Badgers or the Packers playing?" He goes, "Oh wait, you don't know shit about this right now." I'm like, no, <laughs> that's a good dad right there. That's a good dad. I don't, yeah, we just couldn't connect on that point. So, you know what I'm realizing as we're sitting here, oh, we need to get better at this because we haven't done an intro yet. We have not done an intro yet. Oh, are you going to do the thing? I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should do that. Wait, let me do it this time. All right, do it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Restart, restart. Restart, yeah. Just settle yourself over there. I'm working on this. Getting excited. Yeah, I know. Let's, uh, just get a get a towel or something. Wipe that sweat off your face. Um, hey, everybody. This is Ike Landman. We're sitting here on this podcast with Mr. Kyle fucking crosby <laughs> um he's a man the myth the legend i like to say it i don't know why 
But uh, we're sitting here. It's just a Sunday morning podcast, and uh, it's uh, we've been doing this. This is episode three for all of you all that been waiting with bated breath for this episode to drop. Funny story, I had a friend of mine that was looking for episode three yesterday because he knew we did it last Saturday, and he's like, hey, man, I was looking for it. Where's your episode three at? So, Bill, thank you if you're out there listening to episode three right now. Appreciate you, brother. Um, yeah, we're just kicking it off, and we're a little late on the intro. We're going to figure this out. We are. And we even named it last week. Yeah, the conversation, right? The, the movie style, Kyle and Ike, oh, the yeah. conversation. See, Kyle and Ike, the conversation. There you I, go. I don't have it yet. We so, need to say it a couple times because I need to clip some of this audio and make it an intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll say it a few more times. We'll just drop it randomly throughout the thing. We'll probably forget. But Probably. Kyle and Ike, the conversation. Kyle and Ike's excellent conversation. Uh, that sounds like Bill and Ted. That's exactly we what it is. do that. We'd probably get ripped. No, we can't do that. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, what kind of shit can we say and not say... That's like protected. Like mu- you can't have music, right? Can we do like clips from TV shows or movies? So I think as long as it's a clip, even of a, of a song, you're good. Because it's just like a portion of it. And as long as you're not using it. Um, and if there's a lawyer out there who wants to give us some free advice, go for it. Uh, I th- as long as you're not using it for like production value. Like our intro isn't a, a royalty free song. Like we can't rip. You know, right. some song for our intro or something like that. But I think as long, you know, you can play a portion of something um, and just analyze it, as long as it's not the entire thing. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I was thinking about... And like, also, as, you know, right now, our podcasts aren't monetized or anything, and I don't know if we'll ever monetize them, but... Right. So, this is, this is pure entertainment. This is... Well, yeah, that's... Well, that's a good point with being monetized, because then you're, you know... Then you're uh, beholden to somebody. But, uh, yeah, I was watching a, uh, a TV show, this show I'm watching now called Yellowstone. Okay. Kevin Costner, have you seen it? No. It's on, it's on the, the Peacock channel. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's a pretty fun show. I, I described it to my stepson. It's like Breaking Bad, but a Western kind of thing. So it's it's like the craziest shit you could ever dream of happens and every episode somebody fucking dies every episode and it's not dies i mean murdered somebody gets murdered almost every episode but there's some like nuggets in there and i was thinking oh if i could just take this little audio bite from this show that could be something i could talk about or or mm-hmm. or, or expand on an idea on because of this thing that i picked up on so if that's something we can do, yeah, I think I think the little bite bitey stuff is good. Okay. It's just fine. I have to keep that. Uh, I have to keep that in mind because I have to bring a laptop in here or something. You can well, have one. Yeah. yeah, okay, we could pull it up. I suppose if we wanted to do that. Yeah, I could also just pull up Google and verify that. Use yeah, you should, you should Google copyright that. use. Yeah, that's that's that's. So um, there was. A, I was thinking. I was sitting in the parking lot waiting for you to show up. It's fucking cold Dude. today. God, it's cold. Negative seventeen degrees Fahrenheit. That's yeah. The real real feel was the real feel was minus thirty two when yep. I woke up. Yeah. So I was I started my I started my pickup truck. I don't know, like fifteen minutes before I left the house, and and it was it was at least twenty minutes before I pulled up to the front door here, and my window was still frosty. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so cold. Um. 
Yeah, my little Ford Fusion has one of those plugs. So I had an extension cord runner for my garage because I park outside. Plugged it in. Yeah. Did it make a difference? I don't know. It might just start a little easier. Did it? Did it? Did it feel it felt, cold? No. It. I mean, yeah, it felt cold, but it felt better than I would have thought. I thought about plugging my other truck in. I've got two trucks parked outside, and the one I don't drive as much. So I. And so every once in a while, like once a week, I'll just start it with the automatic start, and it shuts off after ten minutes. And but when I started my, when I drove here, my Toyota, it was just not happy. No. No. And it's a like it's a newer truck. It's just cold. It, it's just cold. Too cold. Um, I have no fucking clue what I was going to say about what I was thinking about when I was sitting in the parking lot in my cold-ass truck before you got here. Let's talk about cold, man. Fuck this weather. So, I was thinking about this. So, we had a snow day. Mm -hmm. And some schools, so I think luckily some schools had a straight snow day, even if they have a virtual option. But some schools utilized um, a snow day to have all students go virtual. And I was thinking to myself when that happened, I'm like, I understand why I do, but it's a shame because there's something great as a kid to have an unexpected day off when you had all these expectations going into the day and then suddenly your slate is just clean mm-hmm. and oh, you yeah, can do man. whatever you want. And I get maybe it puts parents in a pickle, but I think if we got away from snow days on a, like the schools and they just switched snow days to virtual days. I think that's going to be detrimental. Well, it's going to be detrimental for a while. I think eventually the people would just get used to it, kind of like they would anything else. But it's like snow days were the shit, you know? Yeah, because it was like, A, on snow days, you went sledding. You went outside. You got snowball fights. You built snowmen. You did different shit. And, uh, um, yeah, it's like every single day. So I read something yesterday that I thought was pretty awesome. It was like kids these days will never know the anxiety of watching the television screen when they wake up in the morning, waiting for your school name to roll by on the news yep. station. Where is it at? You know, and as, as my kids got got older, then you go to the website and you'd be scrolling for the name, you know, and my kids would do it they, like, Dad, could we, let's open the laptop, Dad, open the laptop. we got to see if we can find that. Are we going to school? Um, nowadays, they just call you. Yeah, You get the voicemail or the text message that says you don't have school, but... Those were the days, man. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like you knew, oh, man, bust out the Nintendo or whatever. Yep. You know? And you were already up. Oh, yeah. Like it wasn't you get to call so early where you, as a parent, can let your kid then sleep in. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, my kid's up, and they're staring at this TV waiting for their name to be called. That's right. Yeah, no, that was. That and then was... once they're up, they're up. And so they have a full day to be mm-hmm. active. And it, I, there is something. It's like, okay, on a snow day. I wonder if the percentage of kids who are physically active and actually go outside increases on a snow day versus a normal day that's cold and snowy. I think it used to. Yeah. I think it used to. I don't know if it does anymore. I think any more snow days. We're just reliving our old life. Oh, we're totally reliving some shit. In my in my most humble opinion, and I will say I'm a little jaded when it comes to fucking kids these days. <laughs> 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 but it's like yeah they don't gotta get up mom mom or dad gets a text message you know and it's like ah, oh, i just won't wake them up for school today because they're not waking themselves up did you wake yourself up when you're in middle school or did your mom wake you up i would like to think i woke myself up 
but I don't remember. Okay, Kyle's mom. We need some clarification on this. Yeah. Mom, how long did you wake me up for? <laughs> She's like, through college. God damn it. <laughs> how long did you make my, my scrambled eggs for? <laughs> no, I, it, I woke myself up, you know, and it was, it was, it, but now it's like, okay, so, so either you, you just don't wake them up or, or on a on an off chance nowadays that you don't get the message before you wake them up because I've done that before. Right? It's like I won't look at my phone. Everybody get up and like, what was this? No day or not? It's like, oh shit, and then check. But it used to be the kids' responsibility in my in my in my delusional memory. I'm pretty sure it was always my job to make sure if we had school or not. To to like, I'm gonna turn the TV on. I'm gonna go to the news because my dad didn't care. He's like. You know, he didn't, he had shit to do. He had school, he had school. If you're not, not, you take care of it, you know? Interesting. Yeah. And so it was like, it was always on, on me. And nowadays it's like, it's got us damn easy. So you mentioned though, like, is it going to be a tragedy, the lack of snow days? And I wonder if you're going to change your mind about that when your kids are in school. Because when I think about it, it only makes sense to not extend the school year. Yeah. You know, you think think if you could not have an elongated school year. So all the days that are reserved for snow days or whatever, because in Wisconsin we always had reserved snow yep. days, right? So what if kids could shorten the school year by X amount of days if they if they didn't have to worry about snow days? Now, that doesn't mean like that everybody has access to computers. I mean that's a reality. Not everybody, even today, has access to do their online school if there's a snow day. There's kids out there that still can't do it. And then so that there there's a unique issue there, but I'd say probably the majority of students nowadays can access their work at home. Yeah, well, especially during the pandemic, I know most districts, you know, handed out devices to ensure that all students had a device. Mm -hmm. Now, internet connectivity would obviously be the, the next issue there. Yeah. But, yeah, and I get that point. I really do. Um, and I think, you know, when I, I read through some comments on the posting that school was closed or whatever, um, a lot of it was that, like, well, what am I supposed to do with my kid now? Mm -hmm. Or, well, now, you, you know, don't extend the school year. You can just do this. Go virtual. And I get those points. Mm -hmm. I just think on a developmental level, you know, as long if it's not too many, if it's like one every month, mm -hmm. if it's three of them over the course of a winter. Oh, sure, freaking have your three snow days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a little torn on it, and it, and I I would say like maybe maybe ten years ago I'd think a little bit differently, but even on the level of like if you took how many snow days do you think are built into a year ten, maybe ten, probably ten. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna say ten. So there's 10 snow days built into a year. Could you take those days and could you shorten the school days? Could you have uh, could you have more scheduled three-day weekends? Could you do a couple other things with it other than the snow days, you know, where it's um, – I mean, kids have enough school. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they really do. I mean, especially now during this pandemic, they're sitting in the same desk in the same class all day long. And the teachers rotate – but the kids don't. They're not moving. They get 15 minutes outside without a mask. That's what they get. That's, I don't know. And, 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 and maybe the, the, today's uh, uh, teenager or, or, or kid doesn't move as much anyway. Yeah, but sure. The, but at the same time, kids need that movement. 
in my in my I think they do opinion. too. So and even if the school set it up, like if the school set up like, okay, we're not going to have snow days built in, but we scheduled you extra days off, then that might be a different thing because mm-hmm. the kid is anticipating or can anticipate a break in the normalcy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just, there's something nice about that sporadic, unexpected flip of norms. Well, that was the greatest thing back in the day. And that's what I wonder, are, am, you know, is our memory of those school snow days... Like, are we putting that onto today's? Probably, man. My little neighborhood. Oh, it was awesome. It was the greatest thing in the world. We used to have sled wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had this giant hill in the back of my parents' house. And uh, and it was almost like all the neighborhood like was centered around this hill, right? So there's like lower houses and upper houses mm-hmm. and this hill that just kind of connected them. And so we were on the lower side, but a lot of my friends were on the upper side. And so we would, everyone would sled down this hill. And so we would take our cheap little plastic sleds and we would kneel on them or stand on them like they were snowboards. Oh, yeah. And we would go down the hill and just pummel the crap rope, rope out of no each rope. other. Huh? When you're standing up, rope When you no stand, rope. rope. Okay. I had to rope it. Um, <laughs> no rope was the king, though. King of the hill. Probably. If you could no rope it to the bottom, that probably. was it. But even if we were kneeling, man, you just line up like it's a race to the bottom, but you just beat the crap out of each other to try and knock each other off their sleds. And the last one standing at the bottom was the winner. Oh, you mean so like it was like a... a like we a, called it Sled Wars. <laughs> that sounds like like Mad Max kind of shit. When you're dry, like you're all side by side, is that what yep. you're saying? Everyone we're just you, lined like, up like it's a big race, kneeling or standing. And you say go, and you just start pushing and hitting each other. Oh, nice. And trying to knock each other off their sleds. Kids. And then whoever's on the bottom or the last one up is subject to everyone else sliding down to try and knock them down. Mm-hmm. So as you're trying you're to walk king. up the hill, oh I no! See. As you're trying to walk back up the hill, everyone who's beat you out of the top suddenly starts coming down and aiming mm-hmm. for your knees. Jesus, <laughs> man! We, what I see? No wonder our bodies are so beat up. We used to do some crazy shit. We used to get BB gun wars, Ooh. Red Rider BB guns, man. And now you couldn't do like point blank stuff. I got a buddy of mine that still has a BB in the palm of his hand. I never did BB guns. Whatever. I had a BB gun, but mm-hmm. I there was there was always even with a BB gun a muzzle discipline and a firearm um, safety aspect mm-hmm. that was implemented. Yeah, well, I got to talk, but once once we got away from the house, in it. So there's one kid, Corey. You know who you are. He had the pump gun. Oof, motherfucker, and he. We'd be like, no more than one pump. <laughs> he'd be like, I swear to God, I'll only one pump. But he'd shoot you. Oh, God, you knew there was more than one pump in yeah, that thing, you man. Know it. Oh, it hurt so bad. So his was the combo pellet BB gun, right? But was BBs only because those pellets had points on them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they had the cone on the front. Yeah. So it's like, I got to see your pockets. <laughs> you better not and it had the little tube you remember the cardboard tube yeah the pellets oh god and you know those things are rusty in there they yep. get wet and they get all it's rusty nasty, oh man. yeah you get a, i don't know how many times i should have had a tetanus shot when i was a kid <laughs> but i i had at least five i'd say probably five when i was a kid those bb guns they had some power to them the pump ones no oh yeah the pump ones for sure that was that was a scary thing he showed show up the first day with his pump gun it's like fuck that where's yep. your where's your red rider he's like oh it's broken it's like you lying sack of shit my dad when i got mine and it was it was the same thing it was a pump bb gun pellet combo uh and my dad would show me how to use it he, we had a really skinny but long yard 
and at the way end of our yard was a garden and he had a uh, a shovel you know stuck into the ground but with the shovel end up okay and he goes well let's just aim for that i'm like well that's a fucking metal shovel right but okay that's whatever bad idea so anyways so he pumped it like five or six times and he dinged the shovel and the shovel fell out of the ground and it knocked it no. over and he goes yes yeah, seriously and he goes yeah we can limit the number of pumps on this thing <laughs> well, they, you could kill you killed. I, I bet yeah you didn't Squirrels? ever no Really? I never shot like a squirrel or anything with that thing. Oh yeah, I was well, I was a pop can man. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a beer can man, but it's only because my family drank a lot of beer when I was a kid. But we, uh, um, so when I was, uh, I don't know, fuck how old I was. So there was an antique store down the road from my house, and it had one of those big arrows. You know, the ones with all the light bulbs in it, like oh, old yeah, yeah, metal yeah. arrows. And my buddy Justin, he lived right right across the road from this antique store, and we went down there. It was, I don't know. It was so stupid. It was probably 10, 11 o'clock at night, and all the lights are on, and we're sitting there, we're shooting our BB guns, and he's like, bet you can't hit one of those lights. Uh-oh. And it's like, ah, uh, probably shouldn't, but I bet I can. We shot every fucking light bulb oh. out of that antique store sign. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. So I remember coming home from school, and my dad, he was so pissed. And it's like, I was so afraid. Were you afraid of your dad when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, God. I was so scared of my dad. So scared of him. These kids, they're not scared of their dads anymore. They're not scared anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know either. I'm going to call child services. <laughs> That's what <laughs> it is. They know. Um, but no, we shot every single light bulb out. It took me so long to pay for those light bulbs. They, I know they trumped up the charges. <laughs> they, yeah, well, they pumped. Just I for deserved the annoyance it, of having to do it. I deserved it. I deserved it. I'm glad because I never shot out like that. I never shot out light bulbs ever again. I didn't. I was. I, I don't know. I learned my lesson. I guess that's good. Yeah. Jerry, ever used to have a Roman candle war? No, we didn't do Roman candles when I was a kid. Um, I knew some kids that did, but that was never my jam. Yeah, that, was, that was our jam. We would. Oh, I shouldn't say this. Say it. We would sit on my buddy's. He had an. He had an. A pool. So we'd sit on his pool deck drinking poor man Jaeger bombs, which a poor man Jaeger bomb is everyone buys their own can of Red Bull mm-hmm. and you have one bottle of Jaeger and you just pass the bottle and you basically take a shot of Jaeger and then you take a shot, a drink of your Red Bull. Okay. And you just pass the bottle of Jaeger around and you drink your own Red Bull. There you go. So we would sit there and we drink. Hey, that's very, well, no, I guess you're still drinking out of the bottle. You're still drinking. See, that's COVID friendly, <laughs> but it's not. Okay. So we would, we would drink these poor man Jaeger bombs and we'd throw on our paintball masks because we were paintballers. Mm-hmm. And he had like, he had a long skinny yard too. And, but his was lined with pine trees. And so we'd stand, you know, in opposite sides of the pine trees and just launch these Roman candles at each other. Oh my God. And now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing like we were doing this in the winter and I'm sure those pine trees were dry as we're shooting Roman candles at ah, each other. But winter yeah, time's whatever. a big deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one got hurt. No pine trees were burnt down in the process. That's good. Yeah. So the, it's funny. So I got this, uh, my, my daughter, one of her best friends in the world, um, well, I don't know. I should say best friend in the world. She's one of her best friends in Baraboo. My daughter's got a lot of friends, but she's this really awesome kid, um, and I love her to death. And and uh, she uh, she's she's very country. She loves like four wheeling. She loves Carhartt. Like her her jam is Carhartt and like boots and and all that. And so um, we we're going to light up some fireworks on Fourth of July, right? And um, 
And I saw her one day and it's like, hey, you want to come over? We're going to be doing some fireworks. She's like, oh, that'd be awesome. So she's like, I'll bring some fireworks. Like, okay, cool. So she shows up with this fucking bag of like cherry bombs and black cats <laughs> and Roman candles and all these things. You know where I live. I live right across from the fire station, right? And so I'm like, oh, all this shit is illegal. If it goes up or blows up in, in Baraboo, Wisconsin, it's illegal. You can't do it. So it's like, well, fuck it. Why not? What, am I, what, what What's the worst that could happen, right? <laughs> so I take a Roman candle because she's got a whole shitload of them. I stick it into this big bottle. I, I light it, and I just stick it in the bottle. I'm just going to shoot it right there. No shit. I light the fuse, and around the corner comes a cop. Nice. I swear to fucking God. I'm like, you you couldn't have planned it any better. And so he's coming around the corner. Pew! Pew! <laughs> and he's shooting right over the top of his car. And all of a sudden, he just pulls over. And I know the guy, which is, I'm glad I do. And, and he's walking to my house. And this fucking thing is going off. And it's like, what am I? I can't kick it over or whatever. We go, Fuck it. I guess this is it. So... I don't know if he's going to give me a ticket or not, but it was like, he comes over and he's like, so, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's like, let's not do this anymore. It's like, <laughs> all right, I won't, I promise. <laughs> God, it was so bad. It was just like, it was perfect though. It couldn't have, it couldn't have come couldn't off. Have scripted it. No, no, it couldn't have, couldn't have been any better. And so I just told Cassie, she's not allowed to bring fireworks anymore unless we go out in the country. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Which is, you know... You don't do it in the city, just dogs and noise and, and that, I guess. But you do it in the country, then you're looking at, like, fires, right? But that's where, you know, I don't know. Cause that's, that's, that's where you do it. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's where you got to do it. That's crazy. Um, so, I don't know if you heard about this or not. It's something that I think is, is super interesting right now. In our, in our world, and it happens, seems like, on the daily these days. So um, this dude named Morgan Waller, you know who that is? Okay. No, I'm shaking my head no. Oh, well, yeah, thank you for shaking your head, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate that very much. I got coffee all over my shirt, man. Um, so uh, uh, he's a country music artist, um, young guy. He just started making it really big. He's supposed to play the Super Bowl this year. Um, and... He, uh, he's kind of a wild dude, small town guy, you know, um, and, uh, I, I guess I'm not going to say too much about my bias in this process. I just want to give a little information. Um, he's released an album. It's like off the charts. Everybody loves it. He's got a really big fan base. So, um, recently, I think it was the beginning of this week I heard about it. He was, uh, uh caught on camera saying the n-word mm. and i hadn't heard about it till i was listening to our local country station and our very vanilla country music station guy that comes on he's, he's like everybody loves him um he uh he says well just so you folks out there know you will never hear another morgan waller song on this radio station in in addition to that, 250 other radio stations have dropped him. He lost his, uh, his Super Bowl gig. His, um, his label uh, suspended his um, contract. I mean, the guy's like, he's got, it's all taken away, all of it. So I've come to learn a little bit about the story. 
But this is something that really bothers me about the way our society works right now, big time. And it really gets under my skin. And, and, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen for the right reasons sometimes. But so this guy, he's at his house by his front door with his buddies. He's wasted drunk. And he starts talking shit, just talking stupid. His neighbor across the street's ring door cam picks up the conversation he's having, and he says the N-word. And so then his neighbor takes the video, and he puts it out. I don't know if he sold it. Probably. Probably. Let's just say he did. He sold it to, to TMZ or whoever the hell he's going to sell it to for a lot of money. And, and I, 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 I want to say this right now. I could be totally off base as far as like he, he Morgan Waller could be a shitty neighbor. He could be an asshole. You know, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I can't I can't speak to his character. But I can say that he made a mistake. He shouldn't be you shouldn't be using the word. Shouldn't be. Um but at the same time, people fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we we live in a world where if you make a mistake, it could end your your entire uh, to a degree your life everything can be taken away from you you get like with with the way information travels nowadays and and with the cancel culture it's uh it just it bothers me man it really bothers me how how we're so quick within a day of this happening or within the day of the uh, the video coming out or whatever the entire country of of uh uh and I'm, I'm gonna sound like, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist or whatever. But all of mainstream media, they've blackballed this guy. Yeah, you know, and and by doing that, it puts his name in the ears of people who don't even know him, maybe never heard of him, maybe wouldn't give a fuck who he is ever. But now they're gonna use him as this guy. They're gonna use as as an example, you know, and it just it just bothers me. I. I and and it bothers me a because I don't know the whole story, and I, I don't want to make a judgment because I don't know this whole story, and so many people do make a judgment because I don't know the story. Yeah, I think in any any story like that, context is so huge. Yeah, like in what context was the word used? Not that I utilize that word obviously myself, nor would I ever. Um, but yeah, it's just. The challenge, I think, for an up-and-coming, I'm assuming this guy's white, mm-hmm. yeah, white guy, is, you know, you hear all these other up-and-coming stars who are maybe a minority utilize that word as friends. And then mm-hmm. if you get drunk and you make a stupid call and you utilize it in the same way, you're blackballed. Blackballed is not the word either. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the, okay, wait a minute though. Hang on though. See, that's the thing. That's we know what blackballed means. We know what blackwalled means. We know what that means. But is that is it like? Do you mean it in a way that's not? It's it's not a. Uh, you're not saying it in a, in a negative racially charged term. Right. Right. You know. It's like blacklisted. You know, it's like, what does that mean? So was it, it's like, where does the terminology come from? I don't know. It, maybe it does have negative racial roots. All I know is that growing up, where maybe I need to educate myself a little bit more about those words, but 
at, at the same time, it's like it's it's a really touchy environment because it's there's there's fear involved and then you might get canceled. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, even like just this instance, like it it's so ingrained in the culture today that you have to be so careful and so it's you're walking on eggshells because I get it. I'm super privileged just to be sitting here with you, man. Yep. Um but it's it's difficult when there's a large group of folks out there who aren't willing to educate, but rather cancel or destroy you for saying something out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Like that blackballed. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing. Like, I don't know where the hell that came from. Right. Um, I don't know if it's a racial term. I don't know if it's just has nothing to do with race. You know what I mean? It could mm-hmm. just be like a chain and ball type thing. I don't know. Right. Um, and so there's absolutely an ignorance there on my end. But if it was wrong, rather than the joy of talking with you is, you know, if you knew something about it, mm-hmm. you would educate me and not think less of me. Right. It would be, hey, just so you know, this means this, you know, we probably shouldn't do that. And if it did mean that, my responsibility, oh, shit, I am so sorry. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely wouldn't. Right. Um, and so, you know, if if you're a prolific person, like a celebrity, and you say something inappropriate, yep. whether it was, and you know, again, I don't know the context of this specific story you're talking to, but if it wasn't like directed towards someone in a racist fashion, but just using the word loosely, like, mm-hmm. I, I, and again, I don't know the conversation, like educate, yeah, be able to have a conversation and not, and not just go ape shit on this guy. Yeah, there's, so there's a personal responsibility, I think, when you take on a position of, of celebrity, here's my air quotes again that nobody can see, um, that that you're no longer, in a really strange way, you're no longer just speaking for yourself. You have fans now. You know, you have, you have people that look up to you. So you have a responsibility that you're going to set out an image that's not going to be detrimental to the people that are going to follow you. You know, and 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 I understand that to a degree. I do understand how how people, when somebody looks up to you, it's kind of like raising a kid, to, for lack of a better way of explaining it, is like they're going to emulate you. So so, what part of you do you want them to emulate? When you're a celebrity and 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 you're out in the world, and every single thing you do all day, twenty four seven, has the potential to be emulated. At, at what point does that get to be so overwhelming because nobody's perfect. Right. People people make mistakes. People have fucked up views on things, but also understand that's what makes them who they are. This guy is a prolific music artist. He has amazing songs. He connects to an audience really well and he, and he's authentic. Do you not lose that authenticity when you start having to change who you are because you're in the public eye? I'm not saying he should be walking around saying racial slurs. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is like. (sighs) You're saying no different than this podcast. Culture should be less quick to judge, condemn, and destroy. And more open to understand and educate. That's exactly what I'm saying. You just said it. And I agree 100%. 
And I think there are cases where that does happen. My issue with, you know, society as a whole right now is that it doesn't happen consistently or there's a double standard of when it does happen. How do you mean double standard? Um, and I don't, this isn't intended uh, at all to be uh, a, a race divided thing. So please don't take it that way. But um, so Nick Cannon. Yep. Nick Cannon called white people savages or something like that. And, I, and, and this is totally, uh, I don't know the context of this either. I just briefly saw a news thing saying Nick Cannon got his job back after calling white people savages. So if I saw that article and I saw a guy take a race and classify them as savages, like, do I think he needs to have his life destroyed? No, I don't. Mm-mm. No different than this country singer. So my sta- my viewpoint is universal across the board. Right, like I don't think Nick Cannon's life should be destroyed, and I don't think this country music singer's life should be destroyed. I think we should understand the context, educate, and give people opportunities to better themselves and have an understanding of what the hell they're saying. Well, yeah, and and also understand that 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 we're human. You know, there's there's okay. So there's two things I want to talk to uh, that I want to mention that came up for me when you're saying that. One is one thing I was thinking about a little bit earlier was. This guy, and, and a lot of people, you're sitting in your backyard. You know, when I was growing up, my uncles would tell some of the most off-color jokes you ever heard in your life. But they're not going to tell them at the family reunion. They're not going to tell them when they go to the grocery store. They're telling these jokes because in some morbid way, they're kind of funny. You know, it's like, and it's like, it's not like they, they, they think that these morbid jokes are funny in real life if they actually happened. But in a weird way, it's kind of funny. You know, I'm not going to tell the jokes, obviously, right here. But there's a, there's a level of, like, of like we're, we, our minds work in, in you know, we, we think about things differently. When, when we're sitting around with a bunch of buddies or we're sitting around with family and we can tell these off-color jokes and get a rise out of each other, it's like, I think about, like, with comedians, when they're up on the stage, People say the most crazy ass, disgusting shit in the world, and people laugh their asses off yeah. at the yeah. at, at a comedy show, right? But when they go home, they're not going to tell those things to their kids. They're not going to talk to their grandma about those things and say, "Grandma, I heard this joke. It's so funny." It's like we're allowed to be a little twisted sometimes, you know? It's like there, it's just it, so. And I guess that kind of plays in what I was going to say. You're allowed to be twisted until. A Karen gets a video recording of you being <laughs> twisted, and then you're fucked. Well, right. Well, that's but that's the whole thing, right? Okay, so um, the other part of it was, oh man, did your Karen line just fucking erase my memory? Oh, I hope not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, um, we're allowed to be twisted sometimes. Yeah, I know you're trying to throw me back. Okay, where is it at? Where is it at? Okay, um, okay. So what it was was, um. It's Morgan Morgan Waller, I think. I, I got to pull it back up real quick. Yeah, it's Morgan Wallen. I said Waller. It's Morgan Wallen. Um, just to, just to rephrase, so I know I'm who I'm talking about. Um, so Nick Cannon, he's the guy from. It's like America's Got Talent or some shit, right? Isn't he that guy? I'm pretty sure I grew up watching him on like Nickelodeon, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's a pretty vanilla guy. Like he's pretty mainstream. He's pretty like. 
He's got a. He's got a. a, a he doesn't have any edge. His 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 persona, right? He doesn't have any edge. So if you take Nick Cannon, Darren Morgan Wallen, he's got some edge as a country singer, but he's he's got edge like like uh, uh, like he's he's a country boy edge. You know what I mean? Sure. Not like not like uh, uh, like a murder edge or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea what that even <laughs> means. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if he's a murderer or not. I doubt it, but, you know, no one knows. But when you got a guy whose public persona is a more clean-cut guy, clean-cut, that's what I was looking for. It's a more clean-cut guy, and then he says something off-color, then then you're going to get him canceled way quicker. What if a guy like um, Eminem... What if he says it? Okay. What happens then? Someone hears him say it on the on the next door neighbor's ring camera. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, it's Eminem. It's gonna say some crazy shit." True. You know. So, I there's just a, a level that's a double standard. If you're a hip hop artist, if you're if your public persona is this really edgy guy that does crazy shit and says crazy shit all the time. People are gonna be like, yeah, that's what he does. That his label wants him to do those things because that's what sells for him. You know, what sells for Morgan Wallen is not that. But at the same time, does that mean he's not allowed to have an edge? You know, does that mean he's not allowed to to make a mistake and say something stupid sometimes? It's, I guess, I guess there's double standards in in uh, in in fame. You know, if people are famous for having an edge and they get away with a lot more, is that right? You know? Um, yeah, I understand that. Uh, I also think there's people out there, celebrities, who say whatever the hell they want because they don't care. Right. And that's their thing. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to say what the hell I want. And if you don't like it, okay. Right. Well, you but, can't cancel me. Well, I'm fucking invincible. <laughs> yeah, well, there's those guys. How how many of them, though, would be dropping what Morgan Wallen said on a regular basis? I think that that's not... I don't think many I don't. I don't think so. Even, even Again, the ones, not knowing the context, but, for sure. But I guess there's that level of, like, it's morality at that point. It's like, what are your morals? Like, there are people that... The people that say, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want, how I want, when I want... But but they still have to have morals. There's a point where they don't cross a line, you know, and I think that's still crossing the line. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of plays into something I read about um, this week. This guy, um, his last name is Babcock. I don't He's from England. Um, older guy. So one day he's sitting at his desk and he gets a call from a friend of his and he's like, dude, have you seen what's happening with you? He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, Google your name. He Googles his name, right? There's photos of him all over Google with this big red lettered pedophile stamp over his photo. And there's all these uh, like, um, like Reddit threads or whatever, but it's not Reddit. It's a different platform. Fake uh, um, articles like people have written in to these places calling this guy a, a child molester and all these terrible things. And, and he's not, but somebody has it out for him. So this person, they actually ended up finding the woman who was doing it, but she did it 
Even today, if you look up his name today, you'll still find those photos right at the top of Google search engine. Even though it's completely fake, it's been proven fake in a court of law because of the, the uh, I don't know, the privacy laws and the way Google works and these other platforms work, they don't have to take it down. Hmm. So you can, you can eviscerate somebody. You can attack their family. You can do whatever you want. And once that word is out there, how do you get it back? You can't. Yeah. You can't. So, so no wonder people are so scared, you know, because if you worked your entire life to get to this level of, of, of like, um, you're a music artist and you get to a level that you've been dreaming of since you're a little kid and all of a sudden your music and your songs and your words are on the radio. And I, I can't imagine what that feeling is, but it's gotta be the most incredible feeling in the world. And all of a sudden somebody can say one thing about you, whether it's real or not. It's a recording for Morgan Wallen, but this other guy, it's, it's completely unfounded, but it's over. It's it. He's, he can't get a job. His wife left him. His kids don't talk to him. All of these things over something that was completely false. So in, in this world we live in, do we have too much access to this information? Do we have too much freedom? Oh, yeah. That's a, the internet age has has increased, uh, I think, the perceived cases of celebrities, especially saying stupid shit. Like you may be, you look back before internet and everyone had cameras on their phone or video cameras on their phone. That same shit was being said. Just no one had a recorder. No one was able to record it. And You've got a recorder. We have a recorder right here. <laughs> but, uh, so it's not like, I don't think there's a huge shift in like people or celebrities mentality or actions. I just think it, they're more vulnerable to being recorded on it. There's no privacy anymore. And when it comes to the internet, like you said, once it's out there, there's no taking it back, even if it's false. Mm -hmm. And you know, if someone shared a, an untrue story or wrote an untrue story and it got picked up by everyone, mainstream media alike, and it was shared whatnot, and three months later, it was proven false. That first story could have been shared 10 million times. Mm -hmm. And that little story that came out saying, oh, yes, wasn't true. 100,000 people saw. Well, it's because it's yesterday's news. Exactly. And so, but the internet's out there. That fake story might still be out there floating around because it's been shared so many times. And it's on every, who knows how many websites. But the story that's saying, oh, yeah, by the way, this actually was false. Eh, no one cares anymore. But well, in that person's mind, you're still the pedophile. Well, see, and so that's the, like, Google. Yeah. There's so much power. And, 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 and so it kind of plays into this, you know, when uh, uh, people are getting, you know, people are getting fact-checked on Facebook. They're getting fact-checked on Twitter. They're getting fact-checked. And so how much power do these companies have or should they have to remove information from their platform? Yeah, I have no idea. And I don't even know if you can remove it all. You can. Well, they'll, they'll take posts and they'll remove it, delete it from, I mean, obviously someone's going to screenshot it if it's a really juicy one. But for the most part, it's like they can take these things down where it, it doesn't become the 10 million shared story, you know. Um, but it, it, if it's false information, if it is truly false, if it is truly potentially wrecking somebody's life, is it their job 
to remove it. They're just the platform, right? So is it their job to remove it? But at the same time, that's just that's one more step away from humanity. That's one more step away from morals and, re- and personal responsibility. It's like Mark Zuckerberg, I, it's not my job to, to, to police everybody on Facebook. That's not my job. I provide the platform for people, First Amendment, free speech, to say what they need to say. But at what point? Because he obviously turned back on that and he started fact-checking and pulling posts. When, when is it his job or the job of the person who runs a site? So this Babcock guy, um, there was a site, I don't know, we're just going to call it like uh, the, the rip-off files or something. I don't remember what the name of it was. But so this, this, this woman, they end up finding out who he was, who uh, uh, was saying all these things about him and writing these stories about him, his family, his mom, his grandma, his cousins, Everybody in his family, she was ripping them to shreds, right? So they went to this website, and this guy's like, hey, we got this court order that says this is false information and all these things. I need you to pull that down. They said, oh, we'll pull it down. It's going to just cost you ten grand." It's like, wait a minute. I got to pay $10,000 for you to pull down this false information that's ruining my life? It's like, well, yeah. It's, we, we have all the right in the world to post that information. Someone put it on our site. We didn't post it. We're just hosting the information. So why we can't take it down, you know, because it's not mine to take down. <laughs> so it goes, for yeah. me, it goes back to, like, what's the, what's the morality of, of, of the world we live in? What's the morality of the facts? Or is, it, or is it just people making money? I think it's always people making money. They're selling, they're selling whatever it is. Even if the facts aren't true, they just want to sell a story. I think, yeah. There's definitely a fine line, right? When should a platform or hosting service like I don't know what I don't even know what Google's considered now. Search engine. Search engine. When should they take stuff down? And who determines or at what point is it determined that it should be? Because so the issue now with all these fact checkers is who gave them the right to be the fact checker? Because have you ever seen some of these fact checks? They're fucking bizarre as shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. They don't make any sense, and uh, and so it's like so you, you get in this weird moment, this weird line that you're walking of who has the right to determine what's true and what's not true, and then who has the right to take it down and limit the yeah. information. And if you know, we just got done. Thank God, even though it's never going to end with this political thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the election I'm referring to specifically. It's going to be known as the election. And uh, yeah, forever. This is just the election. Yeah. Fuck it. And so when you get to speech issues with that, that's one issue. When you get to speech issues that ruin another person's life, like Mm -hmm. false information like that, that's another issue. And so I don't know. I don't know. I do think there should certainly be some more accountability on a new service or reporters end to ensure what they're saying is true, especially when it comes to stories of this guy who's a pedophile, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a news outlet and you run with that and you didn't do your backstory, there should be some accountability there that you were assisting the spreading of something that you didn't even verify. Like your job as a news outlet is to verify stories, to investigate investigative journalism. That is a title of somebody do the fucking investigation because investigation isn't, oh, I heard this, share it. Okay, so so now 
the, the next question is then who should be running the news stations? Because a news station is a business. True. They're making money, right? They're there to make money. Long story news, long investigations, investigative journalism, that does not sell anymore. And if people won't fucking buy it, how the hell is anybody going to do it? Those companies that do that, you know, you need someone so dedicated to the craft that they're willing to make next to nothing in order to have the, the correct information. And the problem with that, the other problem with that is that I see is that by the time someone does the research, it takes two weeks to research a story to really get down to the bottom of the issue. This Morgan Wallen dude, I'm going to go and I'm going to interview the neighbors. I'm going to interview the guy who released the video. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look at the video. I'm going to make sure it wasn't cut and edited in a way that makes it look worse than it really is. All that the story's gone. The Super Bowl, who won the Super Bowl? Tom Brady's 43 years old. He's a super stud. He's the next generation star, whatever. All these things, it's, it's over. Yeah. So, so, so why am I going to read that story? I'm not going to click that. You'll get, you get 100,000 clicks instead of 10 million clicks. Okay, you so know? then as a news outlet, what's worthy of reporting? Well, see, it, you that's get the thing. a whole new thing. You said if it's all about the money. It's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, it's all about the money. What, what, uh. What fucking politician said it's all about the Benjamins got in huge trouble. That was a long time ago. I don't remember that. It was something to do with uh, Israel or something. It was a big controversial so thing. We need, but anyways. We need somebody <laughs> sitting over there that's going to research all this shit while we're talking. That's what we need. That's the next That's next level for our podcast. If you'd like so, to increase our level, I have a laptop, and I just need you to sit in a corner and Google shit I, for I us. Got, I got a guy. Yeah. I, know, I know somebody who <laughs> might be willing to do it. I think it would be awesome. So he probably want to talk though too. Ah, see, then that's not that's a no go. No, just <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, so, Bill. So, a news outlet, any of them, they're all about money, right? So they're selling you stories and they're putting their own spin on it, and half of them are unverified stories. So when did it turn? When did a news outlet turn into a money grabbing agency that's selling you bullshit without accountability? Versus finding a story, even if it's quick and relevant. But that's verifiable. That's when TMZ came out. Fuck. That's when that happened. That's when MTV stopped playing music. That's right. It's it's, it's that it's that quick headline. Get you know. Let me get the clicks. It's internet. Well, it's Twitter now. Too, internet. And yeah, well, yeah. We would think about it though. So once it's all clickbait. Once once internet, the internet, the interwebs, the 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 online presence showed up. It's all about clicks. And it's clicks because it's ad revenue. So the more clicks you get, the more money you're going to make in ad revenue. So it's like that's what we're going to invest in now. we got to get those clicks. And I, I swear to God, it's one of the things that pisses me off so much about the way, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here, so bear with me. The way people think about business as a whole anymore, it makes me so sad and it makes me so frustrated that, like, you can't have a business without a website now. If you don't have a website, don't even bother. It's bullshit, in, in my opinion. It's like, it kind of goes back to appreciating long story, long form journalism. It, it's, it's like, in today's world, if you're not, if you don't have a great website, if you, if you don't have like a really fast load up on your page, if you don't have great photos, if you don't have great content, if you don't have the right search engine words, uh, what's that called? Search engine optimization, yep, yeah. Know. If you don't have all that, well, you're not going to make it, you know. And 
And I think for some industries, there's a truth to that, but it, it bothers me to my core that that's the only thing that's, that's valued in, in a business is like making sure you're on the top page of Google. Well, you know, those people on the top page of Google, it's like they're, they're, they're gaming the system in order to get to the top page of Google. If you have an excellent product or process or you sell an amazing service, that should be what sells your business. That should be what makes you money. That should be what makes you on the top of your game you know, above, uh, rising above anybody else who does the same thing. But unfortunately, it's not. And it's the same as news. There's, there's no quality. It's all about what's in your face first and for the longest, you yeah. know. I just want to go back to that business thing. I think, I think you're right, mostly. I think there are probably smaller, you know, self-owned businesses who can make it without a website because they're all local service based cell phone businesses self owned oh self owned <laughs> your eye mumble i thought you said cell phone business i was self owned like, oh. yeah uh businesses that can make it without a website because they are service based and they do go on word of mouth like okay you you have a website i i do how much of your business comes from that website none exactly because you provide an exceptional product and have such positive relationship relationships with your customers you don't need it so i think it's still possible but i don't think like on a global or outside of local level it is okay so i agree with you that it's still possible and i, and I agree that it is like my business and other businesses i know are proof that it's possible because because you there's a connection with clients you're going to do a job and we're in a smaller market okay so and this is my personal issue I have with it. And what I think, why I think differently is that I'm not in it for the money. I want to make a living, of course. But I don't, I'm not trying to, to, to expand and have five different satellite offices. I'm not trying to make more money and more money and get more. It's always about more you know, and so if you want to grow, if you want to hit that 6% or 12% or 20% a year growth, of, I don't know, I don't know what the analytics are, but you're supposed to have so much growth every single year. It's unlimited growth. That's the part that, that bothers me so much is that we're so growth minded, we're so money minded that we're losing sight of, of like the value we provide, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, no, then you can say, well, we provide value because we have excellent training and we have everybody doing things exactly the same way all the time. And so it's like someone can have a really great service and a perfect service model and it's right down to a T, but then then you're providing a service that's going to get taken over by robots because that's basically what you are. You know, it's like, so that's, and, that, and you're right. That's my mindset. Well, and I, I think back, so our listeners last week got cut off at the like hour and 53 minute mark. What? Like that's how long our, oh, okay. our episode was we last week, off. right? Gotcha. Yeah. But what they don't know is we sat in this room and talked for another hour and a half <laughs> after that. Um, but we, we were talking about your business and I remember I was saying something, uh, your mindset as a business owner isn't how to make a bunch of money so that you can go do whatever you want. And you can just make money as your business runs itself. Your, your mindset 
is how do I make a business so that I love what I do? Mm. And I forgot, I forgot how exactly I, I said that last week, but you know, again, the mindset is just different where it's not about the money. It's about you working for yourself so that you can get to a point of loving what you do every day and not being told what to do and being able to choose what projects you take on as a business. That's how you value success or that's how you see success. Yeah. And I, and I would even, I would even expand on that more in, in a sense that it, so with every business comes the, the shit, right? There's no, there's no work. There's no business out there that doesn't have some negative aspects to it or negative to me that might not be negative to you, but there's just things that there's things that people don't like to do, you know? And so you're always going to have to deal with a little bit of bullshit, whether you're working for somebody or you're working for yourself, there's parts of it that are not going to be fun. But for me, the parts of it that are fun are, are the parts that make me feel good about what I'm doing. You know, at the end of the day, I can get home and I feel like I've accomplished something. I can look back on my day and say, God, I, I got something done today that meant something more than just I got a, my, my bank accounts bigger than it was when I started the day. You know, it, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't need to die with $10 million in the bank. I don't need that. I, I don't need to carry all that money. It's not, it's not why I live. I live because of the experiences I have and that I get to share with other people. I, I think on their, I don't know if it was our very first podcast so long ago, I was talking about a conversation yeah. with a client yeah. where it's the value like in going in the business. And so I will say this, I go in, I went into business for myself because I wanted to do something that meant something to me. That's not why everybody goes into business for themselves. A lot of people go into business for themselves just to make money. And that's what means something to them because maybe they can get their kid, their 16-year-old kid, their car that they didn't get when they were 16. And so that feels good. I'm not trying to take away from that process. I'm saying that that when when you go into business for yourself to because it feels right at the end of the day, it feels good to 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 have something that means something to you that you get to do every single day there's more value in that than the paycheck you know the value lies in in the, is it when you wake up in the morning you have a purpose you're not waking up in the morning going fuck got to do this again today you know i got to grind i got to hustle i got to do all these things i don't want to look back and 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 not have these markers in my life that were that were of value you know, I want to look back at the experiences I went through and all the trials and tribulations and the sweat and blood and tears to say I did it, you know, for for what's in my bank account. You know, I want to be remembered as somebody that made a contribution. Yeah. You know, that's... I my, think that's awesome. That's that's my mindset. And I, and I think I think that, you know, I think if, if, if small businesses took an opportunity to really, like, dig into why, why they're doing what they're doing, as opposed to as opposed to how much money they're making, I think people would find more joy in, in what they're doing. You know, it's in my, in my opinion, this is, this is now small business <laughs> one-on-one from a guy who's only had two small businesses ever, but they've been successful. They have been successful. And I've been, I've been lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so hey, anyway, I yeah. tell you what, we're not going to stop this, but I got to take a leak. Okay. So we're going to pause this. Okay. Hit a pause. All go, right. go do your thing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that? All right, we're back. Thanks, we're, man. We're back. Much you, more relaxed. How you feeling? Relaxed. Oh, man. You know, 
<laughs> so I was gonna, I was just in my mind. I'm gonna say what's on my mind. It's probably a little fucked up, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Is that? Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. You know, when you gotta piss so bad, like like you've been holding it for a while. You're driving, especially if you're on a road trip. Like you're holding it right, and you're doing the dance, and you got to go out, and you like you can't even pump the gas. You get out of the, <laughs> you get out of your truck, and you pull up the gas pump. You're like, I'm gonna put it in this. Like, no, I can't even do that because I know the sound of pumping gas is gonna push me over the edge. So I'm like boogie, and I'm I, you hit the front door, and you're on the move, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, be cool, be cool. <laughs> you don't want to run through the <laughs> gas station, but there's times when it's I'm on the edge, and I'm like walking. It's like, hey man, what's up? Walk by, you know. You get back to the to the bathroom, and you could step up to urinal for all of us dudes to step up to urinal. You start to take a piss. Oh my god, oh, <laughs> it is like sometimes it's better than sex. I'm just gonna say it. So it's like it's the most amazing feeling in the world. I, I'm not gonna lie; it's just the way it is. How I, I feel about it. It's you disagree? I do not disagree. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, well, I, I, <laughs> I was like, you disagree? What? I mean, no. It's, uh, it's some, yeah. It's nothing better. All right, here's, here's a little insight. <laughs> oh, my wife is gonna hate me. I am. <sighs> <laughs> All right, lay it out there. You started. I mean, I am a very sexually active young man. <laughs> I enjoy that. And to compare that to a piss, I don't But I do agree. Like, on a good piss, oh. there's just, like, a relief. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, just, it's oh. not, like, the whole the whole act. I'm just saying, like, that, right? Yep. That, that When you break the seal, oh, man. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> I think your new MO is every episode you need to say, I'm going to say something that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll say that. Okay. This is Ike's, Ike's going to say something fucked up segment. <laughs> Ike's going to say something fucked up. Ike's I was talking to someone about this, and they're like, yeah, you guys should have, like, segments, and so maybe that's going to be a new I one. Think my son, I think my son, he said something along that line, too. He said something like, are you, are you drinking coffee? And it's like, yeah, we drink coffee. He's like, do you drink whiskey? I'm like, ah. I hope so one day. So this is early Sunday morning. So fun fact. I was introduced. So I was never like a whiskey bourbon drinker straight. Mm -hmm. I always would just drink like Southern and old fashioned. Southern old fashioned. So Well, they have old fashioned mix, but yeah, Southern old fashioned. Gotcha. Um, and so I just never got into like the whiskey bourbon game. Mm -hmm. So a buddy of mine, Chris, what's up, brother? I know you're listening. Uh, came over last night. And he brought me a bottle of, uh, uh, what the hell was it? Fort Knox. I don't know. Some kind of Kentucky. Oh, I bourbon. think I know what you're talking about. It was a square bottle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And so he introduced me to sipping whiskey. Nice. And it was a good night. It's a good yeah, night. I'm, I'm not opposed to recording this in an evening fashion. No, I, neither am I, man. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to the day when I can, when we can sit here with a nice bottle and you, so did you do neat? Did you have a little bit of ice in there? What'd a little you do? bit of ice, yeah. So so. Uh, and I was just following his lead. I had, I'm, I'm totally coming into it blind. I don't know the phraseology. Hell, I didn't even know what the whiskey was. Yeah. So sounds like it was bourbon. It was you know? bourbon, and it was like uh, smoked maple. Smoked maple. Interesting. So, but it was good. It was smoother than I thought, and maybe that's just because I've never had like good whiskey. Well, there's a huge difference. Massive difference in like drinking JMO, which is an Irish whiskey, and then drinking a good whiskey. 
you know, it's like people grow up, or, you, or what was the other one you just said? You're making old fashioned. Oh, Southern, Southern, Southern yeah. Comfort. So there's um, drinking whiskey is such a such a wonderful thing. I, there's there's parts of me that like I can look back on. Man, I would have saved myself a lot of money if I would have never drank whiskey. But drinking whiskey has brought me so much joy in who I get to drink it with. So there's this uh, there's a um, a documentary, I think it's called Scotch. Scotch, American, the, no, not American. The Golden Dream, Scotch, The Golden Dream. That's the name of the documentary. It's a badass documentary. Be prepared. Once you watch this documentary, you're going to want to drink some whiskey afterwards because it's just like you're going to want to drink it halfway through. You're going to be like, all right, I'm hitting pause. I'm going to the store, buying a bottle of Scotch. So they asked this guy, they said, what's the greatest, what's the greatest whiskey ever? You know, what's your, what's your best dram? They call it a dram. It's a, a pour of whiskey. And the guy says, well, he said, it's 50% the whiskey, 50% who you're drinking it with, and 10% who, who paid for the whiskey. Nice. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's 100% true. Um, sitting down, when you, so a little backstory. I've got this group of guys that I know. I gave them all the, the information about this podcast. I don't know how many of you listen to it. Or I hope you listen to it right now. But... Thank you so much because these guys, they got into whiskey and they're all a little bit older than I am. Um, and at the time they got into whiskey, they had a little bit more of that, uh, what's that called? That that income that's a little more dispo- disposable. Disposable income. <laughs> yeah, a little more disposable, you know that word. So they had a little more disposable income in my in my humble opinion. I, I honestly don't know. but So they invited me over to their house. My buddy did. Um, Louis, what's up? Um, and they lined up like five glasses, right? And uh, they do these blind whiskey tastings. So these guys have been doing it for a little while. So their thing was is that they would they would put a little piece of tape on the bottom of the glass with a number on it, one, two, three, four, five. And so they'd have the coinciding number on a piece of paper off to the side so they, they knew because once you pour it, it's hard to tell what it is, right? So they picked five whiskeys that they had all already had. But they want to do a blind because there's a bit of a placebo. I don't know if a placebo is the word I'm looking for. But if you know it's yeah. a $80 bottle and a $40 bottle, your mind's going to think the $80 bottle yep. is better yeah. than it might not be. So, um, and then they had tasting notes, caramel and, and a little bit of oaky and, and all that. And they asked me if I wanted to come. I'm like, don't waste your whiskey on me, man. It's like, I fucking hate that shit. Like, that's... You're going to waste really good whiskey on me, and it's not fair. And they're like, oh, oh, just we want you to come. So we sit down, and <laughs> and to describe. So I was I was like, these pretentious motherfuckers. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. was like, you pretentious motherfuckers. You're writing down hints of, of butter and caramel and hints of oak. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, I, and my notes were like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> it was like waste of money. That's how it was all of my notes. So here I am, flash forward 10, 15 years later, and I'll take a sip of whiskey. And it's like, oh, do I taste a little, just a hint of coffee? Oh, you pretentious whiskey? motherfucker. <laughs> I am. And, but there's such a joy in that, especially when you're sharing it with like your best buds. It's just the greatest. Yeah. So, so a couple things. So A, that's the way I'm with coffee because I turned into a coffee snob. Oh, yeah, uh, you should. Yeah, you, you, what, what should, tell me a little backstory on coffee. Hang on, it, I'll get there. Second, I'm a complete fucking idiot. 
Fortnite. <laughs> Knob Creek. I looked oh, it up. It was Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes more sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You yeah. brought it to me yet last night. Mm-hmm. We drank for like six hours. Oh, drinking whiskey for six hours. That sounds fantastic. Just sipping on it. Yeah. It was a great thing. And we had, it was, it's no different than this. And it's amazing that conversations can be had with any of your close friends, right? Because mm-hmm. we sat in my basement. My kids were upstairs playing with my wife. My oldest came down and hung with us for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. But it wasn't like obnoxious like we're drinking in front of my kid. Yeah. Um, and we talked from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm, yeah. We had dinner together and we just went back down and talked. Mm-hmm. No TV on. I mean, it was just, it was great. Yeah. And it reminded me so much of this. And um, total side note, and we'll get back to your question. So do not forget your question in the coffee story. All right. I will. Coffee story. I but probably will, but that's okay. It's been kind of an up and down week for me. Mm. And I'm just so, as I was talking to Chris last night, I'm like, man, I'm so grateful for fucking people. So there's three things that happened this week where it's just been people who are around me in my life where it's like, you guys are fucking awesome. Friday, my fucking furnace went out. Coldest coldest day thus far. <laughs> so when it always happens, brother, furnace always. So we take my kids to their grandma's house so they can be warm. And she was supposed to watch them anyways, but she was going to come over to our house. So we just switched that and uh, sitting there, I'm trying to get the repair guy to come and starting to freeze my ass off and look out the window. And the ma- mailman came like, all right, go out in the mail unexpectedly. Uh, coffee roasting friend sent me a pound of coffee that he just roast, no roasted. Shit. Little note. Hey, bud, thinking about you. Miss you with this COVID shit. Hope to get to that together soon. It's like, fuck yeah. What a pick me up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have coffee that morning because, of course, I didn't roast any myself. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, all right, boom. So I was talking to him a little bit via text. And then last night, uh, Chris wanted to get together, and he brought me that bottle of bourbon. We mm-hmm. started getting to that. And right away, Sunday morning, I'm by you, man. On an up-and-down week, it's it's pretty great to have people yeah, outside, man. outside of the wonderful family I already have. Well, that's, it's different. Yeah. It's different. It's it's like we have we have our, our, our family people, and we have our, our outside of family people, and and uh, and so I will say this, and I kind of in coin, coinciding with what you're saying is that how amazing is it to have good dudes? Oh man, having good dudes in your life is um, when you when you're young. When I was when I was young, I'm gonna use I statements. When I was young, I had good dudes in my life, but I I don't think I appreciated them as much as I do now as, as I'm getting older and maybe, maybe it's the depth of my relationship that I'm, that I'm able to, to hit right now um, with my, with my, with my, my male friends, my dude friends that there's nothing like it in the world. There really isn't. It's like, like you said that at any given moment, like one of my dude friends can hit me up and it's just like, I just feel great. Yeah. I just feel so blessed. And, uh, so thank you for that, and thank you. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. Thank you for sharing all of this with me again. Um, appreciate you so much. Appreciate like just just being able to sit down and have this conversation. And and the, I can tell you, this is I know how important it is to you and me because we're here. You know, with two guys that are very busy. You've got young kids. I've got. I've always got so much shit going on in my life that that it's like to to sit down and have this conversation. There's a lot of intent involved, mm-hmm. and you're and you're choosing to make that time because of how valuable it is. 
I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah. I hope you people listening find it valuable. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be good. I hope so, too. <laughs> the dudes. <laughs> the, yeah. the dudettes. Whoever's listening. Oh, that there could be dudettes listening. I bet you maybe. Do you think your wife is going to listen to more of these? Do you think she, the first one was in this over? I don't know. I don't I totally think my wife's going to listen to She listened to one. And she's like, eh, nah, I don't. That's not my jam. That's my feeling. So my wife was listening to it on our kitchen table. And she was just, it was, I think, our last episode. She was just starting to fucking laugh. I'm like, God damn it. Now I need to know what part you're listening to. <laughs> yep. And why you're laughing. And mm-hmm. so I think she enjoyed it. I don't know, Sam, if you're listening, give me the thumbs up because I'm probably in the same room with you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet. But mm. anyway, yeah, I mean, having dudes, like you said, having guys around is just so important. And I'm not talking Facebook guys. Mm-mm. I think something you and I both agree on is, you know, you can have a hundred thousand friends on Facebook, but if you put something out there on Facebook saying, man, it's a shitty day. How many of them are going to a comment saying, Oh, hope you're okay. And then how many of them are going to call you? So I think that if you or I went on Facebook right now, and we typed in, God, today has been such a hard day. I'm really struggling. We would probably have, a, we'd have a shitload of comments, I think. I think a lot of people would comment. The question is, the real question is how many people would call. Yep, exactly. You know, because part of Facebook is is like, you want to look good. You want to you make sure that you're, you don't. You don't. You're not, not the one friend something. who yeah. didn't support. Right, someone. right. Yeah, it's like it's like I don't want to. I don't want to look like an asshole. You know, there's this there's this facade involved in it that you know it's it's what what face am I putting to the community? Because that's what it is. It's it's the community. Yeah. You know, and so it's like what what energy am I putting out there to say who who do I want to make sure everybody else sees me as or who am I really? You know, and and. So, but then the, the real question is how many of you are going to call and right. reach out directly? Because mm-hmm. those are the guys. But, but those are the guys in my, I don't know, in, in my life anyway, those are the guys I'm going to say it to. True. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my breath on Facebook because, because at the end of the day, it's to me, it's fake book. You uh, know, it's, it, it, here's the thing. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying. As a general societal standpoint, people use Facebook as an outlet. You and I are different people. Like, you, you won't see me go wish my wife happy fucking birthday, honey, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. What the hell's the point? She's in the same room. I'm going to go give that woman a tongue kiss. What's for everybody else? <laughs> and give her a card. <laughs> you just and be like, that God me. damn. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, sweetie. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like... And yeah, you're right. There's probably some weird perception like, oh my God, your husband didn't even wish you a happy birthday. No, I fucking cooked her dinner mm-hmm. and I wished her happy birthday. Yep. I just didn't do it so for everyone else to see because that's not who it's for. So it's interesting. I, I've kind of been torn on this for, for, I don't know, for a long fucking time. But so there's, I can't say that there's no benefits of Facebook. I can't say that. As much as there's so much shit that I don't like about Facebook, there are benefits to it. So it's like um, my grandmother, you know, she's like, why don't you put more pictures on Facebook? You know, it's like, I want I want to see my grandkids. I want to see pictures on Facebook. And it's like, I don't like posting shit on Facebook that much. But I get why, because it's access to someone who's far away. 
you know, it's access. It's a little window into the into the world of that person who's far away. Even if that window is total bullshit, even if it's only the best of the best that gets put out there, that's what grandmas want to see. You know, it's what it's like. You know, and and, and it's so I I like it for that. I like it for. On occasion, I think we discovered discussed this once before. It's like I can find some decent discourse, but it's only a select few people yeah. that I can do that with, um, and they're far away. I can't sit down at the table with them, you know. And on and to be perfectly honest, if I sit down on the telephone with them, I'm probably going to be on the phone for two hours, and and fuck it if I don't have that kind of time, you know. So it it, it has its benefits to to a degree. Um, I agree. I think there's absolutely benefits. I just don't think you get necessarily, and going back to the finding your guy's relationship, you don't mm, get that. No, 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 no. You'll never have that on Facebook, I don't think. I think it's all it's all very surface. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the word. Facebook is yeah. very surface. And so when, when someone has a birthday, generally they're not putting the post about, hey, it's my birthday. Like if it wasn't for Facebook, though, I'll tell you this: I'd forget a lot of birthdays. Yeah, you know, a lot of birthdays. Facebook. I is forgot a, yours. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fucking asshole. See, and I thought we were friends. Well, Google thought differently. Yeah, I know. It's in my calendar now. See, I think that's the that's the other part of it too. Is it is it, is the intent past the Facebook? Is the reaching out over the phone? It's reaching out through text message when it's personal. Um, I like the ones who. Uh, who reach out via phone because they're your guy, mm. but then they still put something on Facebook. Yeah. They got a double dip. Well, they got to look good to the <laughs> Facebook community, but they, but they want you to know that they got you. I got you, brother. Yeah. No, it's... Um, so, it's interesting. I don't know if this is the way I want to take this, but I'm going to take it there and we'll see where it goes. Um, uh I'm watching the show I told you it's called Yellowstone. It's got Kevin Costner in it and stuff like that. And there's a super, super tumultuous relationship between father and son, right? What is it about father-son relationships that it, it's such a hard relationship when father and son are growing up, when, the, when kids are growing up around their fathers and the fathers are trying to teach them, but they're also trying to, you know, if they're the main breadwinner, they're trying to do this or they're trying to run the household or I shouldn't. I, I don't trying to not trying to say this in a sexist way. These words are not coming out exactly how I want them, but fuck it, it is what it is. Um, there's just it's it, there's just an energy. So when when a son, in a, I've seen it in so many movies and TV shows in the last year, and it's every single time I see it, it's like God, what is it about this? When a son finally gets his father's approval, it's such an emotional moment, you know. It's like the guy cries and men aren't supposed to cry. And so there's there's a, a, a play in that that I think the TV and movie industry are really tapping into is that father-son relationship that's always been so strained for years and years and all of a sudden they're coming back together and it feels so good. So why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? So Fuck if I know. I'm not a dick. No. So... <laughs> Okay, so there. Okay, so um, a dude told me didn't tell me. I heard this guy say this. Um, he's a boxer. He just fought Tyson. What's his name? You remember that Tyson? It was Roy Jones Jr. I think it's Roy Jones Jr. Um, they just had a little. Uh, um, what's it called when they fight, but they don't really fight? Exhibition. Yeah, they had an exhibition fight. So 
Roy Jones Jr. was getting interviewed, and uh, he had a tumultuous relationship with his father, and uh, and and the interview was like, okay, so so what's the deal? And he's like, well, there's can only be one fucking lion. There's only you can. There's only room for one alpha alpha male alpha lion in the house, and when that young lion starts growing up and starts taking on that energy of that alpha, because that's what happens. That main alpha's got to kick their ass out. It's got to, they got to know I'm still the alpha. This is my house. You're not going to be an alpha in my house. You need to leave. You need to go get your own house and be your own alpha because pretty soon, who's going to be the alpha? You know, there's that male alpha energy. So he's like, his dad kicked him out when he was like 16 or 17 years old because he, he saw it coming, you know. And how, how much of that plays into today? But not on the surface. He's like, it's not an, like this guy had this conversation with his son. You got to get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, where today we can't talk like that. We don't talk to our kids like that, you know. But on some level, does that still not exist? That these young men coming up in the household, there's still that energy where there's a threat to the, the, the alpha. There's a threat to the person who's, who, who carries the masculine energy in the house. You know, is that a is that a real thing or not? Um, go ahead. No, I'm just thinking. So, I mean, I've, I've got two young boys, and very young, right? Yeah. Three years and six months. So super, super young. So I'm not quite there as the dad side of it. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't speak to the dad side of it. You know, in that regard, I can say it wasn't maybe necessarily the alpha feel, but my the relationship with my dad has certainly evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure some of that or much of it had to do with you know me and where i was and not really seeking that relationship did you and it was more of a hard love like we have limited talk time i mm-hmm. need to get through to you so it's going to be short sweet and to the point yep um one of the stories did you want to get the fuck out when you were 18 like, uh, were you ready no but only because I was in a situation, and I, I actually, looking back at this, was it was probably detrimental. I was able to live in the basement. Mm. So my parents had a, a two-story house with a basement, so three finished stories. Mm. And all the bedrooms were on the top floor. Obviously, the living space was in the middle floor and then their basement. Mm-hmm. And so I had a full floor separated. Yeah. So it was, I was isolated already. And I was kind of in my own world. I had a little kitchenette my dad had a wet bar down there mm. so i had a little mini fridge a little kitchenette i had my own bathroom had so through my, your teenage years this is what you're through my teenage years yeah i moved to the basement mm. and so i was i was in the house but everything was so separate okay and i think that was i think there's two sides of that coin i think it was great because i was able to not be on my own but still be away but at the same time just going through those teen years, which we kind of talked about last week, mm-hmm. I think it was detrimental. And I think things would have been a lot different had I not moved to the basement. Um, and then once I did, though, go to college, uh, specifically when I went to lacrosse, you know, I got my own place and it was, we were out and then I moved to Appleton and we were out and we didn't mm-hmm. look back or anything. But it was just a different, it was a different feeling. It was never like, get out. It was always get out coming from from my dad yeah there there was never like the alpha male again it was just more of a brunt quick to the point i don't know if he's going to listen to me so i just need to make it make sure it gets through like yeah well I, the I, sex talk right yeah 
Yeah. My sex talk with my dad. He walked in, threw a pack of condoms on my bed, said, use these, and he walked out. Oh, hey, that mine was very similar. Yeah. Mine was very similar. I was just sitting in my pickup truck, and my dad opened up my, my the glove compartment. Some condoms <laughs> fell out, and he goes, well, at least you're using those. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah walk to the, the point. There you go. Done. <laughs> and I get it. There's this weird, like, oh, it's such I don't a- want to talk about this with you, but... Yeah, it's such a hard thing, man. That conversation fucking sucks. And and it sucks for everybody. Like 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 you know, it's like as a father, you know it's important. You know it's like you, you, you but it, there's a level of like especially in now in today's times, there's so much information out there way before Oh yeah. You know, it's like when are you going to talk to your kid about? It? You might as well start talking to him like at 7 or 8 years old, you know, because because by the time they're 12, they probably know more than I do. You know, so it's like there's a level of like, uh, so my oldest, <laughs> he was like, I don't know, he was like 11, maybe 12. And, uh, and I always told myself, like, when I was a young dad, and it's like, okay, so this is the, this is the age. You got to have the talk at this age. This is, this is what it's going to look like. And this is what you're supposed to say. And it's going to be awkward, but you got to do it because it's really important, you know. And, and and so I I had this this whole plan laid out in my head of what I'm gonna say, what he's gonna say, you're gonna ask the questions that away, champ, all this kind of bullshit I had in my head, like what it's gonna be like. And uh so I remember his his bedroom was in the basement and he was stayed up a little bit later than most all the rest of the kids, you know, and so I got everybody asleep, got my youngest asleep or in, in bed, and it's like, okay, I guess tonight's I gotta have the talk tonight because I had it planned out. I had it tonight's tonight in my in my mental calendar. So I walk down the stairs and go down to the room and he's sitting in his bed and he's playing like fucking G.I. Joe's or something in his bed. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> all right, son. So so I want to talk to you about something. He's like, Yeah, okay, Dad, what's up? <laughs> I said, I said, you know, it's gonna be a time when your body starts to feel <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, his face, he just looked at me. He goes, "No!" And he pulls the covers over his head. He's like, "Please, Dad, don't do this." And I'm like, "No, it's okay, son. We can talk about this." <laughs> and he's like, "Dad, please don't do this." And I'm like, "Well, it's it's okay, you know. It's like you're gonna <laughs> you're, you're gonna start growing hair in places that." <laughs> You never had hair before, and he's just fucking dying. And in my whole inside, I'm dying. I'm dead. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're wrecking it. Like you, you're a moron. You know. And so it's like, ah, put. Oh. So that was it. That was, I stopped right there on the spot. It was over. I'm it was, crying. It was like it was. I just That's had. To, so. I, <laughs> I just had to quit right there on the spot. That was it. And and. uh and I don't even know if I ever talked to him about it again. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. It was like the, the memory had burned into my brain. Son, let's do a follow-up. Did you ever get hair in place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Oh. But it's such a, you know, it's like, so that's the thing. It's so hard. You want to have this connection, right? But it's your kid, and, and they look at you as the man, and, and like, oh, it's so tough. It's so <laughs> tough. Wow, uh, I <laughs> I'm uh, wiping away tears. Oh Jesus, um, where? Uh, how I, do we even get here? How, how do we get here? And then where the fuck do we go? I don't here? know. I don't know where we go. Um, Let's backtrack. Okay, uh, coffee. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm talking coffee. Okay, so one of the things, I, two things. We kind of talked about my intro to league and, and how that kind of came around. And I don't know. I I was kind of curious if you wouldn't mind sharing um, with all of our, our many, many listeners. Um, how did you come to the point? You talked about when you were a young man and you lived at home and you were, you were a hockey player and you became a hockey coach and some other things that you were doing with your life when you were young. How did you get to here? How did you show up in this amazing, beautiful, decked-out office of yours at the, at the Boys and Girls Club of Sauk County? Yeah, it was. it's not an inspiring story. It was pure circumstances and chance. So um, I went to – I attended – UW. Wait, wait, wait! I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Okay. You ever notice how we do that? Like we don't want to, we don't want people to think we're special. So it's like I'm not going to inspire anybody with this. So so whoever you are, I'm going to put it into your brain right now <laughs> that this is not going to be inspiring. So you can you can't look up to me in any way, shape, or form <laughs> that I've done anything outside of the normal everyday life that's really mundane and boring. So 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 let's not let's right. not put that prerequisite. I'll tell you, I'll on tell you the story. Tell us the story. Take it take it how you wish. Um, so I attended UW Baraboo, got my associates, ended up transferring to UW lacrosse because I wanted to get into sports. So they had a, a major up there called sport management. And so it's kind of, it's like a business management degree, but for sports with a sports emphasis. Okay. And so you can get your bachelor's in that. And then either you can branch off and get your master's to become like an athletic director at a high school or a, or a college, or you can go into like sport law if you want to be like a sport agent. So it's a, it's a really broad degree. Mm-hmm. And it can branch off into so many different things. And so so I finished that, and you had to do an internship. Uh, at, and so I, I landed an internship at this in, indoor <clears throat> sports complex in Appleton, Wisconsin. What's it called? Uh, it was at the time called Player's Choice. Okay. And Player's Choice of the Fox Cities. And um, so my aunt and uncle live in Kakana going back to paper mills so Mm -hmm. lots of paper mills there so i was able to crash with them for six months while i did this internship and it went well and i and i did well at it and so you know after the internship was offered a job so so what what did you do at the internship what like what were you so i ran uh when i first started i ran their indoor baseball leagues okay and then during the summer months i ran their tournaments on the weekends like i scheduled them and got umpires and everything and then i um ran their fall league outdoor fall league as well so i organized sports leagues is what okay. i did and I, I was successful at it um and so eventually through working there i took over their softball leagues as well same capacity you know they had two indoor baseball diamonds mm-hmm. and so it was monday through sunday all day after school from like four to nine o'clock and then 7 a.m to 9 p.m on the weekends um so we ran all the sports leagues, and eventually I, I grew to the position of director of operations. So I did both the sports leagues and that. Then I oversaw their basketball and volleyball leagues. Plus, then I oversaw the expos that we hosted, all these expos, because it was this 80,000-plus square feet oh, facility. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. And we had concessions. We had, So all this stuff. And uh, I enjoyed it. But at, at the same time, my wife and I got married. And... While you were crashing with your... No, no. We moved out. We got our oh, own place okay. because it became a, a long-term thing. So that'd be a little awkward. Um, but the first two years of our marriage, I don't... Fuck. I don't know how we made it because we didn't see each other. 
it was uh, she was working a traditional nine to five job, but I would work until midnight and then I'd come home and I'd be sleeping and then I'd get up at like 9 a.m. and I'd go into work at like noon. And so, you know, she gets up, I'm sleeping, she goes to work, she mm-hmm. comes home, I'm at work, I get home, she's sleeping. And it's just, it was just this mind sucking. You know, it's the sports field and everyone said it when you're in that, you just, I was too young and stupid to listen. It's like, oh, it's a lot of weekends, a lot of nights, blah, blah, blah. And, so I would get like Tuesdays off and it was, it was honestly a pretty <laughs> shitty situation. I was getting paid a pretty shitty salary and mm-hmm. it was just working 70, 80 hours a week and it sucked. Um, I liked what I was doing, but it just was sucked and I we knew we wanted to do something differently. So mm-hmm. got out of there. Um, and then at the time my wife and I knew we wanted to start a family. So we moved back to the area cause we're from here. Uh, and in that time there happened to be a job posting on uh, I don't even know what site it was. And it was, it didn't even say it was the Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, youth programming, um, you know, oversee the facility, manage the programs, you know, blah, 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 blah. So what part of that spoke to you? The youth part. And okay. so part of part of the thing I enjoyed about the sports aspect, and I didn't realize this at the time, but when I started working at the club, I realized it, is I enjoyed running the sports and I enjoyed coaching because I enjoyed that youth mentorship. Mm. This was going to, that was my next question. And I didn't realize that at the time it, okay. it was not a cognizant thing, but reflecting on it, that's where I was like, okay, I, I enjoyed um, coaching kids on how to be better hockey players because I think you get so many life lessons from sports. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so I coached hockey and then while working at the sports facility, I also helped with some of their baseball instruction because it was so baseball heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so found this job, walked in and it's this club. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, right on. And uh, then I realized it was a boys and girls club. And so went in the interview and they're like, Oh, you know, anything about the boys and girls. Club? I'm like, other than the name. Nope. And somehow landed the job. <laughs> and it's been how many years you've been here. Oh, it's going, it'll, it'll be seven this fall. So seven six and years. A half. Yeah. <laughs> But, but it's been great. And so I didn't know what I was getting into initially. And so when I say it's just pure chance, it was like I, I saw a job posting where the, the responsibilities aligned with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was tailored towards that kid thing. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think I consciously was thinking about me wanting to work with youth. So what was it about the sports um, uh, management degree that drew you to that in the first place, other I, than the like sports? I always thought that I wanted to go become an athletic director. Okay. Going to be like, Barry Alvarez? No, I always was thinking like a high school. High school athletic director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I like working with that age range. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, right? Like how, how certain certain people just they don't want to fucking be around kids. They don't want to work with kids. They don't like being around kids. It's like that's not their jam. But then some people really absolutely seek out working with kids that – that uh, um, like they that's uh, that's their dream. It would be a teacher. I want to work with kids. I want to work with the kids. It's like, um, and then there's people because I can share in a similarity the story that never in, in my world as a young man that I ever think like I want to have a career or or or, or a life or a passion project like we do with league where um, it involves mentoring. And, 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 and helping kids. Yeah. Um, I can say when I was a young man, like, uh, uh, I would volunteer at the elementary library when I was in high school 
and honestly, the original impetus for volunteering at the elementary library is because it means I didn't have to do shit. You know, I was not a student in high school at all. I hated it. I didn't want to be in school, but if I had to be there, I might as well do something I like. And it just happened to be that when I was at the elementary library, these little kids would run around and get to read stories to them. And I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world, like, because their imaginations were so awesome, they could still see in their minds what I was saying with my words. And there was just something so special about that. I really disconnected with that. Um, and I would teach them how to draw things. And and, and so I guess I've always had um, the thought around being around kids. But, but like you, it was never something I thought I would want to do later in life. So I think it's interesting how... Yeah how you ended up in that same and, spot. And I'll be honest, like when I started here, so it was, it was the Baraboo Club specifically. I didn't travel between clubs or anything. And I didn't know what the, what the hell I was doing. And I, di- and I didn't realize the impact I could have either. Mm. And, and, and so I really fell in love with just that interaction, that, that ability to impact someone's life. Maybe that's what makes you so good at it, is that, is that you're not trying to have an impact. You're just, you're just showing up. You know, that's what I see in you. Like when I, so uh, for anybody who's listening right now, it's our our new tagline, if anybody's still listening. Um, Kyle, when I see him interact with the young men in our our group and the people and the young uh, men and women in the teen center, um, he's very honest. You are very honest. When, When you talk to somebody, you don't bullshit them. You know, you see them for who they are. You tell them what you think and what you see in a, in a very kind way, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) but you you're trustworthy to them because you're being real and you have a way of being real with these young influenced easily influenced people that that they know they can trust you and um it's a gift i think it's i think it's a big time gift and and it's maybe it's the reason it's a gift is because it's something you never knew you really had i think sometimes people can take this gift that they have when they're uh, when they're trying to be something and use it to further themselves, use it to like showcase their skills. You know, it's like, I'm really great with kids and I'm going to show everybody I can be great with kids so I can get to this place I want to get to. That's not you. You're doing it because it's you. At the end of the day, you're just being honest and you're, and you're showing up and you're giving them all of who you are. And that's the, I can see in their interactions with you, your authenticity, and they see it in their eyes. I see it in their eyes, your authenticity. They respect you, and they respect you because they know maybe you're not going to always say the things they like, but you're going to be honest with them. And, uh, and it's your to be, I mean, you're, you're a father figure to, to some of these kids, and it's fucking awesome. Thanks, man. It's just, yeah. It's, I appreciate that. It's a... Uh, uh, they're lucky to have you in their lives. They're lucky. The club is lucky to have you. The community is lucky to have you. And uh, I'm not just going to keep shoveling heaps of praise <laughs> on you because, you know, but it, it, it's, um, I, yeah, this is, it's people, communities need men like you. Communities need people like you to step up. And we do have, we're lucky. We have some good people with this club, volunteers, a lot of them that um, right now they're not volunteering as much because the, fucking covid but um when uh when when we were running full tilt and the volunteers would come in it was such an amazing thing i agree it's such an amazing thing and i think that's how the boys and girls club of america has become the core of a lot of communities and 
because it's not only a place for um, for kids to go and uh, and get their homework done and get a hot meal and play some basketball. It's also a place for for community members to go to to reconnect with what makes them human, you know, to to be around people that and to help people to give back. There's that uh, um, the the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about that many times in league, and uh, and I think as we get older, I know for me, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say as as I get older because you know I'm never going to get old, but. <laughs> I'm I'm the I'm the Tom Brady of of regular people. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Um, I think it's because we're both 43. That's probably why Tom Brady comes up for me. Yeah, he could be your brother. He, no, he's way more handsome than I am. You are striking. <laughs> um, it's it's taking that 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 those things that we learn in our lives when we're young and we're bringing it back around. So when I see the people and I see most volunteers in in the boys and girls club, there a lot of them are, are if not retired, close to it. You know, they're in their fifties, sixties, seventies. Can we should we use names? Paul, should I use it like uh, you can use a first name? That's fine. Yeah, okay. Arlene, you know, when I see them showing up and Doug. Um, when they show up to the club and, and I see how they light up when they're helping these kids, it's like they've been through this long life and they've had all these experiences and they have an opportunity to come back around and share it with these kids. You know, um, you know, you, you were saying earlier how, uh, um, how you didn't know how you made it. You and Sam, when you guys were like, you don't know why you worked and like you never saw each other. What I, is that like a lot of young people's relationship though, when you first get married and you're just, you're just, crushing it you're kicking ass and you're you're working your ass off or is that just a midwest thing i can only speak to my experience and my experience was one well if uh if uh, anybody out there wants to call in on our on our hotline <laughs> <laughs> no we don't have a hotline um but i i i wonder though because you know when i think about it's like when when you're when you're young if you're if you're going to college and you're working and you're and you're married yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it's very rare anymore to even see that people getting married as young as as I know I did. Anyway, how old were you and Sam? Mm, twenty three or twenty four. Okay, so I, maybe maybe not so rare with you. We were out of college. We waited till we were out of college. Okay, but it's I I, I always feel like that when uh, when you have various uh, uh, you have big aspirations when you're young and you wanna you wanna start your career and you're trying to figure out where your path is 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 you're willing to. Um, you're more willing to to accept that, that like you got to do all this shit and you don't have as much time together. You're young though, right? It's like you got all the time in the world. You're gonna live forever. So I I was just thinking about that. And when when you mentioned that you don't know how you made it, I think it's very I don't know. I would think it's kind of uh, it's understood you know, among young people that maybe you don't see each other as much and maybe you don't have to, you know, or maybe you do, or maybe you do. How half, do you mean half marriages end in divorce? A lot. A lot of them. What's the average length? Like seven years. Is it seven years? Something like that. I'm going to, while you just you just keep talking, I'm going to look up. I'm going to backtrack and just say, thanks for all that praise. What a, oh. what a lift me up. And and I think that's where, um, not to turn this back about me, but it's all about, no. <laughs> um, I mean, so the Boys and Girls Club, we deal with an age range of like seven all the way to 18. And... Um, it's so there's 
there's two key groups in there, right? Like seven to 12 and then 13 to 18. Mm -hmm. And, and part of my job initially was so focused on that seven to 12 because that's where the bulk of kids who come to the boys and girls club fall in Mm -hmm. that age range. And that's an age range that I, I was not necessarily experienced with. And so that was all really new to me. When I look back at like coaching, I always shadowed towards those teens, like right before high school, because I feel like when you, when you're trying to teach or impart knowledge on someone that age range, they can understand what you're talking about and actually implement it. There's, there's an impressionability and a, an ability to learn and listen there that maybe is, is still available at a younger age, but less utilized. Do you think it's because there's a, there's an ability to focus more? Probably like, like they're, they're more in, in, they can tap into the drive a little more like they think, understand yeah. it's something that they they're, they're passionate about yeah a little bit more passion a little bit more ability to focus and a little bit more intentionality on why they're even here mm-hmm. or what they're doing yeah you know when i when i look at coaching hockey it's like god bless in any sport god bless those folks who coach like six-year-olds because oh. it's a circus mm-hmm. and i don't mean to use that term poorly i mean bear was a big circus town but Everyone knows what I mean. It's just yeah, no one's gonna it's take a that shit show. Context. And and how much like hockey knowledge is being imparted on a six year old? But it's not about trying- the knowledge though, right? At that age, yeah. I don't mean just- to interrupt, but it, I guess I'm interrupting. Um, it's just about the, the 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 muscle memory. Yeah, it's about muscle memory. But and, and with any group, not even or with any sport, not even age group, it's just about going through motions and trying to get familiar with it. And I understand that. And maybe that's just my point being is that's not where I am most proficient. I'm more, more proficient in the technical side of Mm. things. Yeah. So you're more proficient of of like tapping into the, the more cerebral side of it. Yeah. Where, where you're, you're actually imparting technique and, and, and knowledge and, and, and uh, uh, the more of the mental game that they're going to carry with them because it is, it's like, yeah, to, to be that person that, that takes the time to teach those really young kids is uh, it's a very, very special person. Yeah. There's, you know? a, there's a patience there that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that so when, when, when my son, my youngest, was in 4K, I would go and volunteer. He was in 4K half days, um, Monday through Thursday, or I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter. I would go in there and um, these teachers that would teach these, 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 these kids and they're three, four years old. Um, there's a wonderment with these kids that is like, uh, uh, it's like, it's like a, a, they're, they're like their own little nuclear reactor of, of like pure, pure emotion. <laughs> and it's, and, and it's like just to, 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 for me, just to be around it, I'm drawn to energy you know, fuck, man, we crawl around and be snakes and alligators and elephants and giraffes, and you get to do all the crazy songs and dances and all these things. And it was just like, it was a, it was a way to let go of all the bullshit the world was giving you all day long on, on, as an adult, you know? So maybe when you're teaching those age groups in hockey, you, like, I, I feel like those, those people understand that. There's an understanding that, like, I'm not going to get this person to, to, to figure out a really great slap shot. I say slap shot because that's the only fucking hockey <laughs> term I know. I don't know anything about hockey. Great but, movie though. Yeah, that's that too. I was 
<laughs> this morning I was talking, I was thinking, I wasn't talking to me, I was talking to myself. I was thinking to myself, it's like, what do I know about hockey? Because Kyle knows hockey. I'm like, I know the Mighty Ducks. That's all I know. Horrible movie. Yeah, I, it's Emilio Estevez, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's not, it's a good movie. But the the technical, like, proficient side of hockey is just horrible. Like, they break so many rules. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. You, a hockey player doesn't want to watch a shitty hockey movie. No. You know, it's like it's like a bad, it's like those uh, uh, Navy SEALs watching Army and, or, or Marine movies or Navy movies, or like when they're SEAL Team 6 and all this. When they do technical things wrong, it's like, ugh. I've, I've heard any of these anyway. I'm not a Navy SEAL, in case you didn't know. Um, but anyway, there's... These little kids, they they offer, they offer this this. It's just pure. It's just like it's like there's a beam of light coming right out of them all the time. Whether even if they're in a bad mood, it's like the energy is 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 incredible. That um that I would imagine those coaches because I don't remember ever having to help coach those little kids, but just being around them, it's just so much fun. You know, you it's like you got. I don't know. Maybe wrangling them on an ice rink is a little bit different. <laughs> no, I think I think there certainly can be fun, and it, it just takes the right person because I think at some level too, it's just exhausting. I would imagine it's exhausting. I think for some people, it's not. That's the well, thing. You they, know, that's what I'm saying. They're special yeah. people. Yeah, they're special, they're special people. people. How do we get to this? I thought we were talking about coffee. We were talking. We about, are all over. We are all over today. That's for sure. We're all over today. Um, well, as I, you were talking, you mentioned about roasting coffee, and I and I know you had an interesting story about your passion for coffee, and so I was wondering, like, what? I want to preempt this with saying it's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> every time now, every time I'm going to talk to you about something. So you- I do enjoy coffee, good coffee, mm-hmm. and I think you do too. I do enjoy good coffee. That's, I'm having a hard time, and so uh, yeah, we are. Too early. Everything's closed for good coffee. Yeah, and I was too too cold to get up and make it this morning. I made my own coffee this morning. So this I is was, my third cup. I like rolled out of bed and like fuck. I gotta start my car. It's so cold. <laughs> what time did you get up? I don't know. Like six thirty. Oh okay. Bomb. We we were here <laughs> at seven. So. Uh, I got it. I got. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyways, so I I went on a weird coffee thing a couple years ago, where it's like okay, cut out soda. I'm not gonna drink calories. That was my thing. So water and black coffee. But black coffee sucks if you get the crappy coffee. Mm, yeah. Going to gas stations or, oh, God forbid, Starbucks. Like, <sighs> that is just trash. Trash. All Starbucks coffee's trash? Yes. Okay. So sorry if you like Starbucks, but it's trash. I don't like Starbucks espresso. Their coffee's trash, too. Okay. It's all just dark roast. <laughs> Anyways. Star- you call it star gross? Sure, that's a new thing we call it. It's Star Gross. Gross. Okay, all right. It's still early. I know we've been talking forever, but I'm still a mumbler in the mornings. Um, And so it's like, okay, I need to find good coffee. And so at the time, there were some local guys roasting, and they were doing little pour-overs. And so, okay, grab some of that. And that really got me hooked on good coffee. And then, But it was just so hard to find. It was so expensive. Where did you find a pour-over? They were doing it out of your house. Oh, that's the first time you had a pour over? Yes. Oh, no shit. Okay. I thought this was like pre. This was before you bought the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know. It's Ryan. Yeah, it's Ryan, Ryan and Gary. And Jason. Jason. Yeah. Was Gary involved then? I don't know if Gary was involved then. But so Jason's actually the one who sent me that coffee. Oh, okay. This Jason's a good dude. Jason's a rock star. He's so. Oh, this, he 
he's gonna this is gonna go off on a separate tangent. So he's very cerebral. Like he's like a deep thinker kind of guy. I feel. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so I had good coffee. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh fuck yes, good. I'm like, I can actually drink this straight. Right. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm going for. But it was so expensive. And so I'm like, okay, there's gotta be a way to do this cheaper. So oh yeah, you can roast your own coffee at home. It's not that hard. So I went to St. Vinny's and I found me a little air poppery too. And it had the right fan on the oh, bottom. It's a popcorn popper. The popcorn popper. Right. And it had so a little fan on the bottom. What's the right fan? It it goes circular, so it's not a fan like directly on the bottom, but it's on the bottom edge. So it goes around this in a, the uh, circumference of the bottom versus just flat on the bottom. Okay. So it does a cyclone going up versus just going straight up with air, if okay. that makes sense. I know what you mean, yeah. Um, and so I, they found one, like six bucks. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, bought it. So I started roasting coffee in my garage, went online, ordered me some green beans, and it worked out pretty well, but you could only do like 30 grams at a time. So like one cup worth, and it takes like five or six minutes. So I'm sitting on my garage, and it's, you know, Wisconsin winter. I got a little space heater going on, mm-hmm. like a propane one, and I'm just sitting there. Oh, those are nicer, though. Propane's yeah. nicer. And I'm sitting there trying to stay warm, mm-hmm. roasting coffee for an hour at a time just to get, you know, a week's worth. And mm-hmm. then so it just progressed. I had, a, I had a, like, a really astute question. It was going to blow you away. It's gone now. Dead so it's, so oh wait so um when you're when you're learning like you said oh, I'm gonna roast my own coffee just, just did you Google it like yeah. what did, what did you do like YouTube baby YouTube okay so much good shit on YouTube there is there's so much knowledge out there and I and so I started on the popcorn popper and then I got this little handheld thing that I could do over my mm-hmm. stove but you got to sit there and shake it with your hand while the whole thing cooks or roasts and like then, like an old popcorn popper. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yep. Um, and I could do a little bit more in that. Um, and you weren't in the garage. And I weren't in the garage. wasn't in the garage, and it was convenient because I had a grill out, but it didn't really work in the winter. Um, Does it smell when you're doing it though? Yeah, I, it's so- super strong smelling. So then I ended up getting, and it's not, it's what I could afford. And you know, there's a weird thought process and a lot of things where you just get the best thing you can afford. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was what I could afford. And it was this. It's called like a Baymore, and it looked like a toaster oven, but it's got a little drum inside of it. Okay. But it's got this like smoke suppressor fan built into it, so you can technically do it in the house. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be a test, an experiment to see if I can do it or not. So I put it up in my little furnace room downstairs and roasted down there the first time. And by golly, the, the smoke suppression thing worked. So by golly. Can, so now I can roast up to like, I don't know, three quarters of a pound at a time. Okay. In my basement with this little toaster oven thing that has a wheel on it. Is it like a rotisserie kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it spins around. It's yeah. got a little fan, so it mixes up the blades or the beans. So, yeah. so it's a, it's like a, it's like sounds like it's like a rotisserie oven. Yeah, basically. Instead of a chicken, you got coffee. Yeah. How long does it take to do a three quarters of a pound? Mm, like fourteen minutes. So do you walk away from it? You sit down no, there with it. I sit down there with it. I'll usually listen to a podcast or. I have a bunch of stuff down there. I've got a reloading bench down there and um, like a knife. I sharpen knives. So I got my little knife sharpening set down there. So I'll sit there and I'll task for like the first 10 until it gets to the weird point of, okay, I have to pay attention other than making sure it doesn't light on fire to know when it starts to do its first crack and stuff like that. Cause I like lighter to medium roast coffees. I'm not a huge dark roast guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the first crack? Explain that to me. Oh, jeez, We're getting technical. 
Yeah, well, I'm curious. So coffee goes through processes, right? It comes, it starts as green, mm-hmm. and then it browns, and it kind of does this thing, and then the first crack is like when it becomes drinkable coffee, but it would be considered a light roast. So it, it cracks much like popcorn, where the bean expands and the chaff kind of pops out, um, and it that's when it really transitions from you know unroasted to roasted. Okay. And so it's like it's like the the first tell tell, tell point of your coffee. You could pull it depending on you know where the bean origin is and your flavor you want to try and get out of it. So that would be like a light roast as it does this like popcorn pop and mm-hmm. it's super audible audible like you can hear it. It's really obvious. Um, and so you know if I'm trying to roast light, I'll let it do a first crack and when all the beans kind of stop and it settles down, stop it, dump them, cool the beans off. There's a light roast. You air cool them? Yeah. Okay, so is it true that, and I didn't know the answer to this, but I'm asking you for, for all of our listeners out there. Is it true that the lighter the roast, the more the caffeine? So I think, I think yes. But it's not, it's because, and I believe Ryan did a research project on this. Okay. Um, it's, it's in the chaff. So I think the caffeine is in the chaff. Mm-hmm. And so lighter doesn't burn away all the chaff. Mm-hmm. And so you have more chaff by nature than you have more caffeine content. So. But you also get more acidity. You get a higher, higher acidity yeah. and a lighter roast. Yeah. So why is it that the super dark French roasts are so acidic then? I don't know. Maybe I'm just bullshitting and maybe you get more acidity in a lighter, darker roast. Oh, I thought you were an expert, man. I'm so I'm not an expert. I'm a total amateur at this. <laughs> but I know I make good coffee. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that part. But on a broader scale, I'm a pure, I'm a hobbyist. I mm-hmm. love learning new things. Mm-hmm. And when I learn new things, I get into it. And my wife hates me for it. Because <laughs> she thinks I have all these side projects that I don't finish, which is probably true. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I still utilize it. So uh, this podcast setup. Like we're in this pretty deep, yeah, no, yeah, big time, yeah. Because I do this all this research on products, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fuck, yeah, I'm in it, and it's just so enamoring. And I'm like, oh yeah, I love it, and I love the learning part. So it was the same with coffee roasting. It's like do all this research, and it's not that I make good coffee. I don't like I I compare my coffee to like Jason or Ryan's coffee or any like small roaster. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I just I'm not to that par. But it's you're such da- a, you're a dabbler. It's such a higher level than elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So such I, a higher level than like than K, gas station or gas station K, KT. Yeah. We'll just say KT. We don't want to. Yeah. Um, Starbucks. What do you call it? Star gross. Star gross. Star gross. And, and the other thing is like, so you just learn. I love learning these stuff. And so it's like, oh yeah, these are different origins. And this is what flavor profiles come out of the different beans. And mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Well, we have we have access to so much more knowledge now. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's like. Uh, uh, do we not see very many masters of a craft anymore? And when we do see them, we hold them to such a higher esteem because because very few people spend that much of their life on one thing anymore. I know I don't. It's like I'll learn something and it's really cool, but. But I'll only get to a certain point, and 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 maybe it's 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 a, a more of a definition of like how much dedication you have to this one thing and how much it completely purely speaks to you. But if you started roasting beans, 
and you really love it. It's obvious you love it. I mean, you want to hear you talk about it. Um, but if you like, if you didn't have all these other things you could be learning, would you get deeper into the beans? Sure. You know, and, and, and would you spend 10 years mastering the craft of, of roasting beans? So how many years ago we would learn a, a craft and we dedicated our lives to that craft, you know, and we became a master at it. So how many, how many people become masters anymore to that degree that, that it used to be because there's access to learning so many things. Um, so I, I, I wonder if, if because of the amount of information we have, if there's a loss of, of depth of knowledge today, I, I read somewhere that like, um, as a society, we're 20% smarter than we were a hundred years ago, but as individuals, we're 20% less intelligent yeah, than we were a hundred years ago because we don't have to know nope. very much. You have a phone attached to your hand. Yeah. I don't, e- I don't even know your phone number. I know I could call you at any given time I wanted to, but I have no idea what you, I don't even know if your number is uh, outside of a 608. That's it. That's all I know. Do you remember your high school phone number? Like when you were growing up, do you I remember do. your house phone number? Was it a landline? Yep. What was it? Six four three. Don't, don't, don't do it's it. It's not their number anymore. Oh, so whoever's going to get the call, I do know it. Okay, and Is I it? and I know, I know, four phone numbers. I think now four. Yeah, I know my parents' current landline, okay. my wife's family's landline, my wife's phone number, and my grandparents' phone number. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, I'd have to look it up on my phone. I know. I might know a few more sporadic ones. Yeah, if you could probably dig in there. Yeah. I could probably say maybe maybe five or six I might be able to pull out if I had like to. For sure, not more than ten. Oh yeah. No way. I don't think I could recall ten. All my best friends, like I I don't know their phone numbers. No. I could I could name you like a good friend of mine, like, oh yeah, I know you have like an eight five two number. Mm-hmm. We need to pause. I need to I need to go have an experience. This is a long podcast because we're having two experience breaks. And we're back. And and we're back. Did you even know we left? Nobody knew we left. No one knew we left. No, do we have to even say it? Yeah, because we said we were leaving. Yeah, I suppose. No, you can just do some magical editing on that. How <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do it? I should find it. Mm. I should find a sound effect of just dripping water. Oh, I <laughs> just play it for a minute and a half. Okay, I thought you were reaching for the recorder. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to do. Fun fact, folks. If you listened last week, there is a recorder in the house. <laughs> um, so we were, we, were, we were just talking about uh, minimalism and, and like holding on to old shit. And, um, and so, when, uh, so when, when, when I took a trip 2017, we got rid of fucking everything I know. um go into your closet and you find that shirt you had this and i don't i i don't know if this i think this is i think men and women both carry on like they hold on to clothes for a long time but i think for different reasons um but like there's that shirt and there's just there's always that one shirt from high school or college or whatever this like still a good shirt never worn it never worn it in six years but i'm not gonna get rid of it because it's still a good shirt so you were saying how you like simple, minimalist. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So to catch you all up to speed, I know we jumped into minimalism. On the, the way to a restroom, we were having mm. a conversation about 
clothing and the minimalist lifestyle. And so that's where we're jumping in right now. So I was referencing like needing new clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, I need new, need new clothes, but then going for a minimalist clothing lifestyle, meaning like, you know, five or six pairs of jeans, but they're all basically the same. You have six pairs of jeans? No, I have four. But I'm just emphasizing, like, they're all the same. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have, oh, this is pinstriped with dark and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the same could be said for shirts, right? Like, a lot of people just have, like, oh, I just have all black T-shirts. That's my, those are my shirts. I don't have to think about it when I wake up. I just put on my black T-shirt. Yeah. And that lifestyle intrigues me. And I That's debate. Steve Jobs, right? Wasn't that his jam? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, yeah. Jeans and a black T-shirt or black turtleneck. Yeah. And I feel like. Maybe not to the extent of one you know, black T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit more diverse, but simplifying a wardrobe and go, getting to the point of just having, you know, a handful of high-quality pieces that you can wear. And so it's like, oh, I don't have to make hard decisions every day. I think that kind of goes goes with um, A, being a parent, and B, being married. That's what comes to mind when I think about it. It's like, when in, when in my life was, has, has clothing been really important? A, when you're single. Because you're going to be like, going to show it off a little bit. You've got to have a little flash. you got to, you know, whatever. And then, and then B, when, um, is in, in a different way, uh, I'm going to say this. So my, my kids inspire me to wear more colors, more clothes, more style. Because they're experimenting in their lives. So when you're young and you're trying to figure it out, like when I, but I wasn't that way. When I was a kid, I wore the same shit all the time as a pair of jeans and a hoodie or a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Um, when, I was, when I was in high school, I didn't have a lot of different clothes. And that's the way I am now. Um, but the two times in my life where I have been inspired to buy more colos and more colors and more fashions is way when I was single and B, which is sad in, in kind of in a way. I don't even know if I like to admit that very much, but it's the truth. Um, I put more more attention to what I wore when I was single, um, and then and then when I see like my sons, they're they're more fashion forward than I am, and so when they're wearing like my son will wear like a, a sweet ass button down shirt, looking sharp, you know, it's like ah, oh, you look good, you know, it's like. Oh, I'm such a fucking schmuck. I don't. Yeah, right. I just got my 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 gr- so um. My, my, I, there's a term called grout fit. And just, uh, everything's gray. <laughs> <laughs> my son, Connor, thank you for the terminology. I, uh, um, I looked into my drawer, and it's like I got black T-shirts and gray T-shirts. There that's you go. It. That's it. That's it. And he says, well, that's a grout fit. It's like it's a, it's just, it's a thing because it's easy. It yep. goes with everything, you know, and I don't want to think about it. You know, I just don't. But then sometimes... When I see my son going out on a date with his girlfriend or going out with the, with his, the guys, it's like he looks sharp, and he, and it's like there's some, some pride in looking sharp. It's like you're taking the time, you know. It's like ah, I should do that more. Yeah, that's why I was like, okay, minimalist outfit, both a little bit extra, meaning like you wear the same stuff, even with like not hundreds, but twenty, thirty t-shirts in a drawer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you pick the top six and rotate through those six yep then you wash them and you put them right back on top and you grab the top six yeah so if you could just simplify that and still maintain a couple of 
nicer outfits to to hold that pride for those special occasions because yeah. yeah you need something for those occasions but those occasions are you know once twice a month not every day once you just twice a honest. month i don't know what how often you go out and need nice clothes well i guess covid you don't but. no you don't now so for the longest time <laughs> i had my my wedding funeral shirt. Yep. <laughs> That's all it was. It was like, it, 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 it's like it passes on, on both occasions. You get invited to a wedding, you pull out the wedding shirt. Funeral, funeral shirt, it's the same fucking shirt. So you, you got a black jacket that goes with it. Maybe a tie, maybe. That's that, and, and then I would still wear jeans with it. I had, I had a pair of dress pants for a long time, and I think I wore them twice. Because it's like, I just wanted to pair, wear a pair of jeans with that. And it, I was I've been able to pull it off, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a uh, uh, oh, dude, you know what I've found? You want to talk about clothes? I'm gonna go off the deep end here a little bit. My favorite thing, and I think we talked about this in League Woods, is my underwear. Yeah, we did. Oh talk about my some god, league. man, having some nice underwear. It's growing as a grown ass man, understanding how important it is to have a pair of nice underwear. Oh, so I'm gonna put this out there. Sacks, S-A-X-X. If you ever want to be a sponsor of this <laughs> podcast, I will talk about your shit every day. What well, I happily. So I've got probably eight or nine pairs of these amazing underwear now. And it's just like I love them so much. And it's just like if I could, if I could have, and you know what? It's funny is that I got patterns on my underwear. When I picked up my underwear online, it's like, oh, I want the one with the mermaids <laughs> on it. Nobody's gonna see that There's shit from me. Right Ninety nine. Yeah, it is. It's so it's so odd because my like my t shirts and everything are very basic. I don't have flashy shit except for my underwear. I got camo underwear. I got mermaid underwear. I got underwear with the Canadian flag on it. I love Canada. Yeah. Canada, we love you. So it's odd that my flare shows up in my underwear. No, it's not. It's how, not? Many, how many guys wear straight suits, white shirt, black tie, black suit, and the flares in the socks? Mm. What is that? What is that? It's like a little... I don't know. It's just like, it's not over the top. It's kind of hidden unless you, know, you, want, you, know, it to, you know what it unless is. you want it to be known. It ain't for somebody else. No. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's what it is. You're not showing off for somebody else. You're doing it for you. That's what it is. You're doing it with your socks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sax underwear. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little shameless plug here. Um, they got like a little pocket to hold your junk, and it is so nice. It's so <laughs> nice. It's like you know you, you're working all day. I'm working all day. I'm a landscaper, and in, in the wintertime I do construction work, and 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 it's like all day long. You're getting all hot and sweaty, and it's like your balls are rubbing on your leg, and it's not a comfortable feeling. And so, and I can't wear briefs or, or boxers there's too much flopping around down in there i just it bothers me like it's it's like why, why we're underwear at all other than to keep it from chafing on your jeans but this it kind of holds them cradles them i'm doing some cradling motion with my hands right now <laughs> everybody can see this but it's amazing it's like the first time i put them on i'm like oh that's it that's it i'll never wear another kind of underwear and i, I i'm not saying i'll never wear another brand sorry sax if if it's the same feeling I get, but man, it is the best. It is just it's next level. It's changed. It's life changing. Changed my life. Yeah, they're <laughs> not even a sponsor, and you've already sold. See, I'm telling you, sold a pair. If, I hope so. I hope so. So, 
I will say it's an investment. And I've never thought those words would come out of my mouth that a pair of underwear is an investment. But they're not cheap. Like, they're, I think the cheapest pair I ever bought was like 27 bucks. I mean, that's like, that's, yeah, <laughs> in, my, that's... in my world, that's a decent pair of jeans. But at the same time, it's like you, you, you wear them every single day. And for a guy, they are like the most intimate piece of clothing you have. I mean, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta protect that. Yeah. They're touching the goods. Mm-hmm. They're, they're protecting the goods. They're keeping them comfy. You know, nothing's worse than walking around all day trying to, you know, digging and it's your crotch trying to adjust and all that <laughs> shit. It's like the jet. It's no man. No, these are the best. So if you've never tried a pair of Saks underwear, go get yourself some. Spend the twenty five <laughs> bucks. It's worth it. Twenty five bucks for a cheap pair, and I don't mean cheap as in poor quality. It's like if you get a good deal on on online or something. I think they're like thirty five to fifty in the store, Jeez. but it's I know, I know. But man, I I don't spend money on on a lot of shit, but I will. I'll spend money on those good pair of underwear, man. It's like it's where it's at. I'm gonna try it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. I got a two-day ship that, and I'll give you an update next week. <laughs> yeah, well, you can get a three-pack. It's worth it. Then you can then you can really... Then you're I'm, living. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Once you go, you can't stop. You can't get away from it. It's like the best, it's the best of both worlds. Can't go wrong there. So anyway, <laughs> so it's a good thing we did that. I. So you said you had like four or five pairs of jeans? Yeah. So, so I have, I have like four dailies. And then I have that one pair that you wear whenever you're going to do something that you don't give a shit about. Mm, yeah. You have your work pants. Yeah. I just got some coffee grounds in my mouth. Um, so, what I, because this is how bad I am, I'll buy my landscaping pants, but I just wear them all the time. So, I've got, I've actually got two pairs of jeans, and one pair of jeans is my summertime jeans. I can wear when, I, when I'm usually a few pounds lighter because right now they look like a stuffed sausage when I when I put them on. It's, it's terrible, and it's really uncomfortable. Nobody likes to wear I just shouldn't say nobody. Some people wear pants like that, and I don't fucking get it. I don't understand how people can wear super tight pants. Yeah. God, I don't get it at all. But anyway, I digress. I can't wear those in the wintertime because my ass is too big. My, they don't fit. Um, but I've got a pair of nice jeans. It's like I used to always have one pair that was nice. It's like, so it's my wedding and funeral jeans. It's like, or I'm going to go out on the date jeans. It's like, I always have one pair of jeans. It's always really nice. But then I found out I've only got one pair of jeans, period, other than my summertime jeans. Other than that, it's just my work pants, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, so I wear my own gear. I got my own Landman and Landman LLC gear that I wear for yeah. work every day. So Monday through Friday, I'm always wearing a lamb and a lamb and shirt and my work pants. And it's kind of like, it's, it's really who I am anymore. And I'm not saying I'm only lamb and lamb and I'm just saying like, that's like every single day, this is what I wear. It's like a uniform almost. And I kind of like it. I like having that uniform because I don't have to think about what I'm going to put on. Like you were saying, yeah. it's like, I mean, that's, it's a benefit and not, for me, for instance, just in the job I do, I have the freedom to wear, relatively speaking, what I want. Mm -hmm. um, within reason, obviously, right? Yeah. And it's just, and, and if COVID exposed anything with that, it's, I'm not in a position where I need to wear dress pants and a dress shirt every day. 
mm-hmm. jeans and a nice pullover are totally okay. And so it's like if I'm just rocking, I can call them work jeans. I mean, they're just, I don't know, $30 Wranglers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, you're working with your – so do you think that the, your style, like, um, plays into your work at all in a sense? It's like you're, you're working with a bunch of kids. Right. You know? Yeah. So going back to my story, when I first started, I were – I was on, like, on the floor, right, with these kids. And I was working a lot with these little kids. And I was wearing these dress pants. And I was wearing button-ups. And uh, that gets really expensive really quick. Mm-hmm. when shit starts getting <laughs> <laughs> just getting ruined nonstop, and so it's i'm just trying to picture you in in dress pants and button-ups hanging out with all these because kids yeah right it probably it was totally the wrong market and that's where i was totally unprepared because you mean you so you're talking about when you when you took the job at the boys and girls club yes okay so you were still wearing your professional yep gear as yeah. as like a young professional yeah but you're hanging out with these kids all day long. Yeah. Well, and the problem was it's a mixed bag. Like at the Boys and Girls Club, if it's not during summer, kids are only here after school. Mm-hmm. So part of the duties would be, you know, during the day, you're talking to other people and you're promoting the club. And so you have this weird mixed bag of half time you're in front of people representing the club. Mm-hmm. And you are that professional. And so I was trying to address that part. But then the other half of the time, kids are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I didn't bring a change of clothes. You know, I'm just I'm running from place to place, right? Going to talk to the local Kiwanis at lunch, and then I'm meeting with this person here, and then oh, it's two thirty. I got to be back to the club, and I'm back at the club for three o'clock. Do you think because because we live in a small town, you can get away with like not having to be in a suit all the time? Yeah, I I wonder because you know um, once people get to know you. And they know your process and they know what you got to do every single day. It's like you don't have to kind of try to be somebody else when you yeah. go into these business meetings. Yeah. And my role has changed at the club, right? Like I'm no yeah. longer a site director. I know I'm lucky enough to have been, you know, I'm up in as a director of operations. So I'm I'm going between clubs, but it's 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 less interaction with kids on a regular basis unless I'm filling in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's more intentional when I have when I'm on the floor. And so it is more you know, as a administrative supervisor role where, you know, it'd probably be more appropriate now than before to be dressed more professionally. But I think we have such small communities and there's just, there's a realism that it's like, I'll dress nice when it's appropriate, like at our annual gals and stuff like that. But unless it's an important, you know, if it's just a casual meeting to discuss a project, like I don't need to sit there and wear a three-piece suit. Right. By any means. So do you, there, there are still occasions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going to meet with a big donor and pitch something, like, absolutely, I'm going to look maybe not three-piece suit nice, but mm-hmm. for sure button up, maybe tie nice. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a balance of playing out what the day calls for. And again, that's where I think COVID is really like, oh, yeah, this is, you can be pretty cash. Isn't it funny, though? Like, there's there's something about suits and ties and, and, and like, with fashion in general, it's like the more professional you want to you want to feel, the more uncomfortable you're going to be. Like neckties are uncomfortable. Yes, they are. Having your cuffs on and tied on your wrists is uncomfortable. You know the suit jackets. I mean, unless you've got a really really great suit jacket, that generally it's not like it's not about comfort. No. You know, 
It's it's so why no, I'm always fidgeting with mine, like, oh, I need to tuck my tie with it into my suit a little bit more. It's pop, popping out, or oh, I need to fix this cuff here. Like, my undershirt isn't slightly exposed beyond my cuff, so I got to pull it down slightly. Mm-hmm. And you just you're just fucking with it all day. Yeah. So why why is it why is it that that's a thing? Why is it a thing that that like the more uncomfortable they are, the more serious you are? I don't know. Status, the appearance of authority, the appearance of status. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, uh, it shouldn't be that way. No, I forgot who said this. I like totally forgot. Like this may be like a comedian. This may be a celebrity, or this may have been a conversation I had with Joe Blow. Like I don't even remember who said this, but they said. Uh, you can tell how important someone is on how fast they walk down a hallway. The faster they're walking, the more important they are. Really? Yeah. They got somewhere to go. No time. No time. You know, but the thing is, so when I would, there's something to, to somebody who, who walks with authority and takes their time. I mean, to, to the point True. of like, you're, you're walking fast, so you got you got places to go, you got things to do. But there's also like a level of like uh, um, someone who's taken their time. It's like they recognize that um, they recognize your power. I don't know what that is. I don't know how, but but so uh, little story. Um, back in my younger days, I was a I was a TV star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, I did some background acting when uh, we I spent some time in Los Angeles um, for a few months, and so I was on this show in West Hollywood, and um, so we're we're the whole crew, trucks everywhere, and and uh, um, background actors everywhere, and then you got the main actors, and they're on their spot, and um, every car that passed by in the street, um was like they're paid, right? But we're out in the in the, in like the main area in West Hollywood. So some some of the cars and some of the people walking by are just people walking by. You know, they're just like on their way to to get some dinner or something like that. And uh so I think in Hollywood people are so used to seeing these TV shows and movies being shot everywhere. It happens all the time. That's why people are there. So when uh, um when they're shooting and they say action, you know, and then it's like if you're a pedestrian walking through, someone will ask you, uh, you a, a PA production assistant will be like, Hey, can you hang on just a second? We're shooting the scene. And everybody's like, yeah, they just want to sit there and watch. Right. So one day we're sitting there, we're shooting the scene and, uh, and I'm just, at this point, I'm not even, I'm just watching, you know? And, and there's this guy, this little dude, he's like five foot two gold chains. He's got to be like 70 years old and he's just walking down the sidewalk and he's got swagger and he's walking slow and he's walking with a purpose. He's not in a hurry. He's just like walking. He's determined. He's going somewhere. Right. And, um, and this production assistant stops him. He says, excuse me, sir. He says, would you mind, would you mind just hanging on a second? He goes, fuck you. He goes, What do you mean I'm going to hang on a second? He's like, well, we're shooting a scene. He goes, what the fuck you think I'm blind? I know what I've, I know what you're doing. He says, I'm trying to go. I'm, 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 I'm just, just get out of my way. He's like, just, just leave me alone. And, and this kid's like, well, sir, if you wouldn't mind, you know, and all of a sudden this guy next to me goes, he doesn't know who he's talking to. And I'm like, oh, who's he talking to? And he's like, that guy gives zero fucks about anything. He's worth like a hundred million dollars. He's like, you're not going to stop him. And so he just pushes this kid out of the way. And he's walking. He's like, I'm going to have drinks with my boys. 
Leave me the fuck alone. I don't care about your fucking TV show. I don't care about you. Just shut up and leave me alone. And he had such authority in his chillness. You know, he was like, nothing was going to flap him. Nothing was going to get in his way. You know, where I, I see somebody walking really fast and it's like their mind's racing 100 yeah. miles an hour and they're anxious. And um, there's just like something so confident and cool about someone who's walking with that slow easy pace they just know they're the shit well yeah and and when when i see somebody walking like that it's like oh that's probably somebody you know somebody's he's got some influence or he's you know he's important you know because they've they've reached a level of of zero fucks it was it was just like yeah sorry about my tangent but it was fun oh and then he gets a cameo on a tv show yeah but he didn't care do you think they need him to like sign something? Hey, before you leave, I know you're going to get drinks. Can you sign this? Because you're in our show now. I don't know. I would think maybe there, maybe not, because it happens so footage. much. Yeah, I, th I think it maybe. Yeah, um, uh, there was a time when when um, I took a little weekend trip with my wife to Nashville, and uh, there was a um, a band shooting a music video on the street in Nashville. Something, uh, something Kings or something. I can't remember the name of them. Anyway, we're walking down the street and we happen to walk through the shooting. But they, they kind of wanted the, 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 the feel of like people just pedestrians walking through without having to pay them. So when, when, you, when you walked through and we didn't realize like they wanted us to, we were just walking through because we're walking through. And when we got to the other end of the block, someone met us and said, hey, would you be willing to sign this waiver? Because you did walk through a shot in case you make it in the video. Da 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 da. So I think I think maybe in a situation like that where it's not maybe as common, um, and and the and the production company can avoid having to pay people. Mm -hmm. You can just get them to sign off. Because um, it's funny. So well, when, how many average people would just like? Oh yeah, I could. I, I might have the opportunity. Yes, that's the whole thing. It's like when I just blanked. <laughs> <laughs> shit we're still getting through the morning we are still getting through the morning it's early it's, it's not actually early anymore it's 10 o'clock holy hell we've been chatting a while it's like three hours how long how long we've we been running i don't know i got three separate recordings oh shit okay we've been rolling for a while it's gonna be a long episode these things are just gonna get longer and longer and longer yeah i think people are gonna love that until we just have a way to record <laughs> our audio and we're just always on Ooh gonna be like the ai chip that elon musk is working on yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be like uh what was the i don't remember was it a movie or a tv show where it was like just a video it was like live footage of this guy's life normally it was a tv the truman show talking about jim carrey no i don't remember now shit there's a couple of them like that i know the i know the truman show with jim carrey and then there was a there was another one i don't know who was in it but it was like yeah it wasn't matthew mcconaughey there was another one too i think maybe he was in it too yeah, I'll have to look it up. You have after to look this. it up. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, Bill, uh, give us. Yeah. Right. Whoever's, whoever's in the corner with the laptop, <laughs> I need that info. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We need but, it on a screen. But it was just right there. It was a movie. It wasn't a TV show. But in the movie, they were making a TV show of just this guy living his life. And just, it was cameras always on. Like, and it was, you could go to this channel. It's always just live footage of this guy in his life, mm -hmm. even when he's sleeping. That's what this is going to turn into. I don't know if I feel, I don't know how I feel about that. The point of the movie was, yeah, that's kind of fucked up and boring, and the guy needed privacy. Mm -hmm. But for us, three could hours. It could just be our lives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We just, 
eat, sleep, and breathe the conversation. <laughs> the conversation Cal- never ends. The conversation. We'll have to say it when we get up in the morning, brush our teeth, look the in the mirror. The conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we go to bed at night, good night, all. Conversation, signing off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Uh, Can you hear that? You scratching your head? Yeah. No. Okay, good. I'm going to post-edit just you scratching, like a monkey scratching his ass sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know because I can hear it inside my head. Yeah, but inside your head or inside your headphones? I think it's inside my head. It's not inside my headphones. Isn't it weird like when you're wearing headphones or earplugs, like noise around your head is amplified? Like if you touch something, your head, I c- it's amplified. Do what Did you just say... Wearing headphones with earplugs? No, wearing oh. headphones or earplugs. Oh, yeah. Everything's amplified. Yeah. yeah. Like touch on your head is just amp- like scratching well, your beard is just amplified. So have you ever listened to those uh, uh, cochlear headphones? No. They're, they're called bone conducting headphones. I got a set of them. Uh, a company called Aftershocks makes them. They are the shit. They are so awesome. And what I love about them is that I can be listening to whatever, but my ear holes are not full of shit. Like I don't have a, uh, the, the headphone doesn't go inside my ear because I can only do that for so long, you know. So it's like a little speaker basically. <laughs> kind of, but it's, it's, it sits right in front of your ear, right on that, that bone. I'm sure there's a name for it right there. But it, it, it's part of the vibration and it, and it goes all the way into your, I'm, I'm making some really sweet hand gestures right now. <laughs> if only you guys can see it. Um, it, it it's I don't know how to explain it. It's called the bone conducting. So, so it's, it's kind of like scratching your head. The best I could describe it is like I can hear when I scratch my head, but it doesn't come through my ears. I can hear it like inside. Oh, that's crazy. It, it, I think it's like, like I don't know, if it's, is it like sonar or some shit? Like, like sound waves. Yeah, or sound waves or whatever. But jiggling it's, some it's going through your bones. Anyway, so when you hear it, the sound is really nice. Um I don't have I don't have this this plug stuck in my ear because it gets irritating after about twenty minutes, um, and and then if I need if someone talks to me I can hear them. So when I'm at work, um, when I'm landscaping, uh, when I when I started landscaping, my boss was like, "Don't ever fucking wear headphones because if I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. I, I want to be able to get your attention. Or if like you're you don't want to be canceling out the noises around you. There's equipment. There's other things. You know, you just got to be aware of what's going on around you. Um, with these, I can still have something on and listen to it, and still be aware enough to hear the other noises around me, which is really nice. It's not always because sometimes you just want to be able to focus on what you're listening on, or I want to be able to focus on what I'm listening to, but but it's just, I love them. I love them. Mm. I'll bring them in one of these times. You can give them a try. Every every time I've ever offered them to somebody to listen to, they're just like, oh, that's the most amazing thing. So do they actually, like, make noise? They they do. They're, it is a little... So if I walked right up to you and you were wearing them, could I hear what you were hearing? No, I don't think so. I, I, I've, I have never heard anybody hear... Like you would with the traditional set of headphones. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say they can hear what I'm listening to. Weird. It is. It's 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 so cool. So, um, have you seen the cochlear implant things? You know, for people who can't hear, but then they they put the thing on the side of their head. And it goes. It's like it goes through mm-hmm, the bone. Mm-hmm. So then they can hear. Um. Uh, oh, dude. When I. You ever see those videos? I'm gonna tangent here a second. When when you hear people 
when they can hear for the first time yeah. in their lives. Oh, or see even. Oh, I ball my eyes out. I cry. Like the the joy in these people's faces. It just it just makes me so happy. It's just like I'll get addicted then I'd, and I'll just sit there and cry for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm serious, just man. Just need you a good cry. It does, man. It's like when I need a, if I need a good cry, maybe that's what it is. Somewhere inside me I know I need a good cry, so I watch some really big inspirational videos. But anyway, it yeah, so my buddy he had some some major ear issues, ear infections and stuff when he was growing up. And so, um, and his son did too as well, actually. Um, and so they kind of turned me on to these things. But it's like he can't hear very well in one ear. And so regular headphones don't work the same because his ears don't work the same. Like, like I don't know if it's the, I think it's called the Eustachian tubes are closed off or something. It's where you can't hear that well. But with these, you can actually hear the music purely. And it's... Um, yeah, it's it's pretty dope. I'm gonna have to look into them though. Yeah. So my dad is deaf in one ear. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. He might he might really yeah. dig it. He had an ear infection as a little kid and lost all his hearing. He he would probably be someone. I bet you it would be. I would be interested to see his reaction the first time he listened to it to see right. what it was like to see if he could hear on both sides for the first time in how long. Exactly. Because it'd be an awesome birthday gift. There you go. Write it down. Yeah, I know. I'm going to. I'm going to have to listen back to this. Um, I got. I got. Uh, um, got mine at the local Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's um, one of the few places I think still has a Radio Shack. Is Radio Shack still big? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's not quite Blockbuster yet, but it's losing its steam. Yeah, it's convenient. Like when you need something quick. Yeah. I need this cable. Just go grab it. Yeah, for $75. <laughs> but, I mean, otherwise, I don't know. Amazon's just king. Unfortunately, it is so. And it's isn't it crazy? Like, what kind of convenience do I need? I need, like, right now convenience, which I'm willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Or I need two-day convenience, which I can just go online for. What like, do you... Like, it's crazy that those are the two options. Like, it's not like... The maximum of time you're gonna have to wait is two days. For yeah, for most shit on Amazon, for most yeah, shit, for sure. Yeah. yeah, no longer is it like, oh yeah, I need to order this part and it'll come in in three weeks. Well, yeah, we've lost the ability to for patience. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have to be patient for anything. We want it, we go get it right now. Oh, that's no different than kids with phones. Instant gratification. Mm-hmm. How many likes can I rack up in an hour? And then I'm depressed if I don't get enough. <sighs> That's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother topic, man. It's been a long time, man. This this has been a long conversation. It's been a long conversation. I don't know if I could dive into mental health at this moment. Let's not. Yeah. Let's keep all you listeners on edge. Looking forward to the (laughs) next episode. Yeah, that's right. I I can feel them sitting on the edge of their seat going, what are they going to say next? At this point, I'm going to say this has been a great conversation. conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to put out a little task to all you listeners if you actually are still listening. Uh, so Ike and I, I think are, are cool with less listeners. Like this isn't about, no offense. It's not about you guys. It's about <laughs> us, but I don't think we're going to promote this personally, at least not right away. Mm-mm. So we're looking for some organic growth. So here's, a, here's a challenge. If you listen to this and you like it and you actually think your friends might like it, send them the link. That's a great idea. I like that. A little like organic that a growth. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't if you, hurt my feelings. Any. You have some appreciation for for the conversation. Um, 
if you like to sit around with your boys, you have a conversation, hanging out, drinking some coffee or some whiskey or, or, or whatever, you appreciate just the, just the ideas we have. Yeah. yeah. And I think at some point, we're going to invite some of you guys in. Day's got to come. The day's got to come. Yeah. I, I think we're pretty, we're both on the same page that we need to, we want to set a pretty clear standard of openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what I, I, what I don't want to, just to talk about where we're taking this thing, I don't want it to turn into a, a sales pitch for a business mm-hmm. or or a boilerplate. Oh yeah, this is such, such and such. Like there's so many interviews out there that can do boilerplate stuff. This mm-hmm. is just talking openly. Yeah, it's it's getting different perspectives, it's getting different ideas, and it's getting fucking cool people to talk about things that are important to them without worried about, you know, saying the wrong thing or yeah, or all that shit. So I think I think it'll be it won't be the easiest thing in the world to find people that are gonna be hundred percent open. But at the same point in time, I think we'll we, we have some people that we could probably bring in here that would that would add definite different levels to the conversation, which is gonna have to happen because honestly people are gonna get tired of listening to just Kyle and Ike, maybe. Never know. Well, we'll find out. You are one interesting motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this? Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, everyone, so much for sticking with us. Appreciate it. We'll be back, I don't know, hopefully next week. See you next week. Another conversation. See you guys.